Have you ever wondered what happens after ever after? Have you always yearned to know if the end is really the end? No? Well, you're going to find out anyway with your hosts, Andy, Tammy, and Gina. This is 2D Vision. Welcome once again to Two Division Disney Sequels Explained. I'm your host Gina, and today we have a very special guest with us. Um, before I introduce our usual other co-host, we're going to introduce our guest. This is Erin from the podcast Mera Machina. Hi, Erin. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys today? Oh, we're fine. Um, uh, we're, re- we're really excited because uh, we're very big fans of Mera Machina and we've said this to you already but we really love your podcast and we like really are big fans of what you do over there and if some of our listeners have not listened to Mera Machina like you definitely should because they have the most amazing commentary and discussions <laughs> oh thank you and it's all um, from the female gaze and sorry you what, what were you gonna say oh I was just gonna say thank you so much um we're happy you like this show and I'm so happy that you invited me on. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Yay, we're really excited to have you. Okay, so um, with, without further ado, I'm going to introduce the usual people you already know. Tammy and Andy, how are you guys? Hello everyone, I'm here as usual prepared to talk about one of my favorite movies and I'm really excited to, <laughs> to have our first guest host in the, in the program. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Hey, Tammy, how are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm equally excited. We've been looking forward to this, to being able to talk about Lion King 2 and Kovu, a very important <laughs> part of the film. I'm a little, if I sound a little sludgy, it's because I overdosed on fudge 10 minutes ago, but I'm fine. I'll be okay. Are you still sick, though? I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Really? It's a problem. Working with high school kids, man, they're, they're germ factories. Yeah. <laughs> They should wash wash your hands, people. If are any hard <laughs> yeah. high schoolers out there, wash your hands or your teachers one are gonna my, get sick. One of the tutors I work with actually like passed out Clorox wipes wipes <laughs> to each of our pods and you're like clean your areas because y'all y'all are gross. And I'm like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, actually I think it was yesterday, but in the place we're living, Jean and I it, it just uh, the weather just changed drastically. So now we're all <laughs> I think I'm, I'm fearful because I, I just know people are going to get sick and I'm going to get sick. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, but it's, it's really, getting sick season. Uh, it's really cold outside. It's Baby, cold. it's cold. <laughs> okay, okay. It's not that kind of podcast. Where are we? <laughs> okay, so um, without further ado, I think we can go right into it. So uh, I cannot express to you how excited I am about this episode. Like, this is literally the episode that. I, I was the most excited for like this is why we started this podcast yeah basically <laughs> because we were we weren't doing this to watch Bell's Magical World of course not <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> we, we were I just... still haven't seen Bell's Magical World but have you oh, guys no. are you guys gonna cover the uh, Christmas special we we already have yeah it was like oh, really? two, two three episodes ago it was the one right before <laughs> Bell's Magical World and it, like uh-huh. it's just so funny because they they were released like two years apart and Bell's Magical World which was the latest one is the one that has the worst animation out of all of them yeah. and the worst everything like they got progressively worse if like it's just oh, it's awful don't, <laughs> don't don't watch it just just, just listen to your to our episodes like, yeah, it's really we, funny we literally actually. said that on the podcast on the episode like don't watch this movie listen to the podcast you'll get the gist of it and you'll have more fun and it won't be as painful I guess <laughs> but, but please, 
Let's just go, just, just go to talk about the better Like, movie. we have, we keep mentioning Bell's Magical World, like, even in our everyday life, <laughs> Andy and I, Andy and I were just like, oh, this is worse than Bell's Magical World, and the oh other day God. we were listening to this uh, group, uh, like, musical group live, and they were playing an accordion, and then it turned to me, and she was like, oh, it's the Bell's Magical World accordion, and I was like, shut up, can we Triggered. move on? And, yeah, it's, it's it gets, it keeps haunting us, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're okay. Ready. Let's move on to better things. Uh, we have the best thing like right now. So, <laughs> if you don't know, guys, The Lion King, which is the okay, I'm gonna say that again. <laughs> Today's episode is The Lion King two, and if you guys don't know, The Lion King is actually my most favorite movie, like ever. Not even like favorite animated movie. It's just my favorite movie. Period. So I'm really really excited, <coughs> and I'm a really big fan of Lion King two as well. I grew up watching it, so uh, if you don't mind, I'm gonna keep my thoughts to the end, and I'm gonna allow you to speak first. <laughs> Thank you. So, for Erin and, and everyone who's new to the podcast, we usually go through a round of our memories and our thoughts on the first movie, just a very quick recap, just to um, know what everyone thinks of the original one, and then we move on to memories and our general thoughts on the second one. So, we should start with that. Um, mm -hmm. th which one of you guys want to start first? Tammy. Did you? Okay. Tammy. Yeah. So, my memories of The Lion King? Yeah, the first one. Yeah. Okay, the first one. Um, okay, if I'm going to be honest, I already told Aaron this, but I watched The Lion King 2 more than I did than I did The Lion King, the actual Me Lion too. King. I actually didn't have, I didn't have an appreciation for it when I was growing up. There's not too many memories. I think I just was a happy kid that didn't like to cry. So Aww. when Mufasa died, I think I was just like, nope, I'm out. I can't handle it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that was the problem. So I didn't really like it as a kid. But obviously I rewatched it again. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, go Disney for the win. <laughs> so, yeah, I think... I think it's great. I didn't. I don't have any memories of it as a kid. I don't. I don't think I appreciate it. I wasn't mature enough or cultured enough as a five-year-old to appreciate the beauty <laughs> that is the Lion King. But it's okay. I'm better now. <laughs> okay. Awesome. How about you, Erin? Uh, I watched The Lion King frequently as a kid. I really like it. I think it's, you know, a masterpiece. But um, I mean, I think the thing that sets it apart the most is probably the soundtrack. It's just so <laughs> yes. memorable and beautiful. Um, The story itself is obviously Hamlet, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I, I don't think the story itself is, is, sorry, hold on, there's a plane, I'm gonna go on this. Ah, I hear it. Awesome. It's part of the fun. Yeah. It's an experience. <coughs> sorry for my intermittent coughing. It's all right. It can be edited out. <laughs> okay, I think Thanks. I'm good now. Yeah, okay. awesome. Okay. Uh, I was just gonna say, I and I, uh, I haven't watched Kemba the White Lion. It's a Japanese animated film that I've heard was possibly highly influential on yeah. The Lion King. Yeah, yeah I haven't yeah. watched that either. Yeah, I think yeah, I have no interest. <laughs> like, I know it's <laughs> like a big controversial thing, and there's a big debacle all over it. But right. like, it's been like three years, guy. Can we can we move on? Yeah, but overall, I love The Lion King, and I think uh, I think it has a lot of rewatchability and teaches a lot of valuable life lessons, as these classic Disney films tend to do. Yeah, mm -hmm. awesome. Um, so, how about you, Andy? I think I was I, my experience is I think identical to Tammy's. I think I watched The Lion King too, uh, 
I think it it was one of the most watched movies uh, in in my childhood. But uh, I don't have a lot of memories with the original. I of course I watched it, but not as much. I think I liked it. <laughs> I don't remember a lot. Sorry. Okay. Gina is your first. <laughs> oh. <laughs> This is your Beauty and the Beast. Go. Oh, okay, okay. So I have a lot of thoughts about the ranking. Of course, um, you know I actually grew up watching the ranking to way way more than the original one because I think the reason is because of Kiara like literally yeah. because if, if I had two movies in front of me and one of them had a female lead and I was a girl and the, the lead was a girl as well then I was probably just gonna watch that so I think that was mm -hmm. my reasoning like as a four year old to watch The Lion King 2 better than The Lion King but you know yeah, as I grew up um I have a lot of memories of, of The Lion King, but I'm just gonna mention like the most crucial ones. So when I, it was about in 2010 <coughs> when I was kind of going through this rediscovering Disney phase yeah. because I, I've always, always loved Disney, but in that moment of my life, I had drifted apart from it and then I came back and it was mainly because of The Lion King. And suddenly I remember that it was a thing that existed. And I was like, oh, that movie. Like, yeah, I remember it was good. I'm, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna pop it in, I'm gonna watch it. And it was like I had this epiphany, this mm -hmm. magical moment in my life. And it just made me realize how much I love Disney, how much animation is just so beautiful. And the, I just loved every single minute of that movie. I was basically crying at the end of it. And that, Aww. like that day, like literally changed my life because that was the movie that made me realize I want, I wanted to study film, and that now I'm a film student. So yeah, I'm basically here because of the Lion King, the Lion King, sorry. <laughs> and yeah, so I don't know. I just love this movie so much. I love, like what you said, Erin. Um, the music is fantastic. As soon as the movie starts and you hear the Circle of Life, like you cannot not be on board with it. And The animation is just fantastic. It's it has the backgrounds look amazing. The I love how the animations like literally drew so much inspiration from from Africa and they represent that like in the how do you say the backgrounds basically. And the character <coughs> animation is fantastic. The songs are so catchy. Um, Elton John did an amazing job with the the music and Hans Zimmer as well. Hans Zimmer like went went for mm -hmm. it and the the song in the scene where Mufasa dies that song like it's forever stuck in in my heart because it's just so heartbreaking and it's so intense and it's just the perfect the perfect setting for that scene and yeah I have a lot of memories um, with it. It just means the world to me. Like you cannot slander the Lion King in front of me because I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I don't know, I'm gonna go crazy on you. So, yeah, it's just a movie that I had, I hold very dear to my heart. And even though I kind of neglected it, neglected it as a kid for its sequel, mm. it just doesn't mean that it doesn't mean the world to me right now. So, yeah, I kind of condense that. I try not to go too off, off the rails. <laughs> but, yeah, that's our marginal <laughs> feelings towards the I could hear, I could hear the restraint in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> like I have so many things that I, I, that I could talk about like I could tell you all my experiences in the park and she's ready like, she's yeah, ready like whenever I like feel like really really like there was this moment in 2015 that was really really depressing for me and I watched The Lion King constantly because it was like this source of happiness and joy that, that had at the palm of my hand so it was yeah it's just basically it all comes down to it like it really means a lot to me and it makes me feel like 
amazing feelings and that's just everything that I need in a movie I guess <laughs> have any of you seen the musical yeah. yes well so uh, kinda. I have not um, <laughs> it's I mean, amazing I mean I have but in Mexico you were in City? the musical you were in a musical oh, oh Andy. that was me okay Andy, uh, well, yeah. I will tell your experience and then I'll tell mine Oh well, uh, it's just my experience is just that well, um, Broadway usually kind of gives license to well, the Broadway and Disney give license to um, other countries to make um, you know a, their version, a, their, their version that representation of of the musicals. So last year, no, it was 2016 when um, Broadway. Wasn't it 2015. No, I think it was 16 or 15. No, in 2016 you went to my house. Oh yeah, it was 2015, right? Um, oh, it's been so long. Um, <laughs> in 2015, they they had the Broadway version of The Lion King in Mexico, so it was um, in Spanish and it was with Mexican actors, and it was very oh. it was not as big as the Broadway one, but it was still like a, li- a Broadway and Disney licensed version, so it was pretty official. But I have that never. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good, and the actor that played Simba is like. One of my mom's um, <laughs> favorite singers, so like that was the reason that she she agreed to take me oh. <laughs> with her, and it was awesome because he's in there like shirtless a lot, so my mom was having the mo- the time of her life. Um, yeah, so it was really it was really awesome. I I one of my biggest dreams is to watch Lion King on Broadway, like in New York. That would be like the oh. best thing, and I would cry my ass out. Anyway, Andy? <laughs> I think Tammy, Tammy has a similar story to yours, because you, you, you saw it, right, Tammy? Um, I saw it in the Philippines. It was an international Broadway cast, so I'm not sure if it was, like, Broadway, Broadway, but it was, like, an international cast, and mm-hmm. it was one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen, musicals I've ever seen. Like, it was an experience. You, like, you need to see it, it totally, like, for it totally real on stage. Yeah, it's the the scene where Mufasa's like ghost appears is like uh, the uh, best thing I've ever seen produced the on stage. The Circle of Life and he lives yeah. in you, like Shadowland. It's just it's Shadow. fantastic. It's it's it's, and then they they have a song which is my favorite. It's called The Lioness's Hunt. Oh, oh yes, it's my That's favorite amazing. too. Just the dancing and the 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 choreo- choreography of the I, lionesses and yeah. the actresses and it's the just the music. Stage. It's beautiful. The actors on it's stage. Just a, yeah. Are mm-hmm. amazing they represent mm-hmm. these animals so beautifully and yeah, yeah i love the the person that um, gets to play sasu because they're basically mm-hmm. just like they're in a suit and just waving this bird around <laughs> it's fantastic <laughs> okay with my experience I, i've never seen it i never seen the the play but i i actually made a represent i performed in a representation of that play in 2014 And, and it was with my local ballet academy back when I was in high school, but it was it was really fun. I remember it dearly because it it, it was the the whole play and and it had all all the music and that's when I discovered Shadowland and the Lioness's Hunt and all that stuff. So which character were you? <laughs> I actually was one of the hyenas. I played. I played that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I played. Yeah, it was really fun. It's one of my oh. the best experiences in my life. I I go back whenever I I want to remember a happy time in my life. I remember myself rehearsing for the musical, actually. And I was Bansai, the male hyena, the one that doesn't, the one that it's not Ed, the one that that's actually speaks. Yeah. The one that's not a female. The one that's not Ed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wait, was, were you the Whoopi Goldberg hyena? <laughs> no, Whoopi Goldberg. I, I I was the the male one. 
Like a big old worst friend. Did we ask? We did we take this inner to go? No. Why? Because there <laughs> it goes. I I, I just love uh, that quote. <laughs> okay. I uh, fun fact: I've never watched The Lion King in English, so I don't know the quotes for that one. Oh wow! But I do. I I have seen The Lion King 2 in English, so we're good. I think. Oh, uh, Mexican problems. <laughs> um, yeah. So we shall. Yeah. Yeah, we shall. Let's move on to... That was a nice tour. Yeah, that was a nice tour. <laughs> um, uh, so any guy, any of you guys have any more memories that they want to share or some thoughts? <coughs> no? No, not for me. All right. I'm all good. Nothing for me. All right, let's move on then to the main course. We're going to talk, of course, about Lion King 2, Simba's Pride, and it was a sequel released in 1998. Um, of course, direct to home video. It was animated by Disney's Australia studio. So, mm-hmm. like, as uh, what I read is that it was storyboarded in Burbank, like the original, like the official Disney animation building. But then it was shipped to Australia and they animated the whole thing over there. And basically, what I read on Wikipedia and uh, and, uh, and IMDb is that this sequel has was planned even before the Lion King was released like maybe not this specific sequel but they were like oh we can make a sexual sequel out of this movie so it has always been in disney's mind i guess ever since the lion king was being made but it was not until like 1996 that it was actually kind of like a real project that they brought matthew matthew brother again and the other cast Mm-hmm. So it was also one of those. Basically, I think all the animated direct home video sequels were made in basically two years. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a thing. And yeah. So what do you guys think about this one? How did, did you ever watch it as a kid? What do you think of it? Um, we should go in the same order, right? So, um, Tammy. Mm, okay. So for this one, um, I do have fond memories of it as a kid, and I just remember like being five or six. however old I was when I came out and me and my brother like almost every night we would just cuddle on our parents bed and we would just like are like lay down on our bellies and watch the Lion King 2 every night and it's just like a really fond memory for me because it's something we did together and it's something we enjoyed and we were just sucked in into the movie and yeah I I really I really enjoyed it as a kid and I have really fond nostalgic memories which is honestly maybe why it was kind of a letdown re-watching it as an adult. <laughs> yeah, because it's obviously not the greatest. So I guess I know it's a Disney sequel and I know I shouldn't have high expectations for it. But I think just because of my fond memories for it as a kid, re-watching it really just like, oh, like set me back into reality. I mean, I still have those fond memories. I still hold on to those. But I can recognize the movie's not the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I would also add that it's hard when the first one is such a hallmark in film you know you can't help but compare the two in your head i do have to say though i did enjoy that opening sequence like not so much the animation but the music i love i love he lives in you like that's my favorite one of my favorite songs ever mine too yeah i remember when i would like work out like when i'm running i would just um I used to play tennis internationally as a junior, as a like, um, as a teenager. And when I was like in Thailand, I remember I was like running to warm up for my match, and this played on my iPod, like it was on shuffle, and it just got me super pumped up to like warm up and to run and to just like win, win my match. And I just associate that song with like winning and just Aww. and getting pumped up, and yeah, 
I love that song so much. And I was actually surprised. I don't remember it being the intro song to it. But when that came up, I was like super pumped. And then I got let down. <laughs> but the, the beginning, the beginning was good. I love the song. But that sounds like such an experience. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. that's for me. All right. How about you, Erin? Uh, it's funny that you mentioned your brother, Tammy, because my brother and I would sit on our bunk bed as kids and watch this together as well. And so I have fond memories of it uh, in that regard. I remember watching it a lot, definitely, as a kid and really enjoying it. And um, I can't really pinpoint what I liked so much about it, but I am also in the same boat as you in that while I did really enjoy it as a kid and I can still enjoy it now, I don't think that it has a lot of artistic value, as pretentious <laughs> as that sounds. You know, you can enjoy a movie without thinking it's actually a quality film yeah um, oh, yeah definitely. for sure <laughs> right and so i think it's junk food but i i um you know it's the sort of thing that maybe i would put on in the background while i'm doing something else i didn't oh, actually sure. think too highly of it this time around which is sort of disappointing because i do remember liking it more as a kid yeah all right so andy uh okay uh, so with the rest of the sequels of, or the sequels we have reviewed And my story was always kind of the same, like, oh, I remember I watched this, and I kind of remember, they were, and I kind of remember the original, blah, blah, blah. but th this is the first one that I, that I can say, okay, this is definitely, this was definitely one of my favorite movies, and when I rediscovered Disney, when I was about uh, 12 or 13 years old, and this was one of the first movies that I watched, so it was like a whole experience, because I just, I was watching it, and There, w there were shots that reminded me of my childhood and it was like kind yeah. of a catatonic experience and I was yeah wow you mean, you mean cathartic cathartic that's <laughs> yeah I think okay. that that is definitely not the word that I was yeah. looking for yeah, was like cathartic, cathartic. That, that's that's so harsh <laughs> oh my god okay kind of but um, but I do remember I loved it and I remember I loved Kiara Like you said, Gina, she was one of my favorites ever. And rewatching it again, um, I don't know if I can count it. I can count this as rewatching because this is one of the movies that I watch with frequency. Uh, normally, usually because of nostalgic value. And I can I can see what you say. This is mostly for animation by, by my part because I just see the animation and it's like just give this movie more money and you could have like a really really well not really really but like a quality movie like it's good but the animation is kind of a throwback for me throwback throwback <coughs> yeah and but but yeah I do remember my my childhood and this movie being in there a lot Gina <laughs> well I I cannot I cannot be biased with this movie like I definitely I feel like 90% of the time I spent watching movies as a kid was watching this movie like even when I was re rediscovering Disney like I still remembered pretty much everything that happened in this movie like it's it's ingrained in my brain and I just love it I, I love it to death and like rewatching it now of course as a film student and as a 22 year old and of course the experience is completely different than when I watched it as a kid and I can see maybe the problems with it that I never see I never saw before 
I think the main problem with the movie, basically, I think it's um, not the animation, but because it, it lasts only like 70 minutes. Mm-hmm. If mm. it had been given more time, like maybe an hour and a half, and the script was a little um, tighter, tighter, yeah, I think it could solve a lot of problems because I think maybe the pacing is kind of weird and the maybe their romantic relationship in there gets kind of like rushed in and whatever. But I think for what it is, I have very fond memories of it. I, Kiara was just. It was my role model when I was a kid. Like I, I had the princesses as well, but Kiara, I, I counted Kiara, mm-hmm. Kiara as one of the princesses as well because I just loved her so much. And um, of course, I loved Kobu. I think he's a fantastic character. And I just, as I said, I cannot be biased because this movie really shaped my childhood. And even um, you know, I watched it pretty much by myself all the time. As I said in some episodes ago, I didn't have like close cousins or or brothers or sisters that to watch movies with me but I really enjoyed watching it by myself and maybe this is why I I have this really annoying habit of of um how do you say like memorizing the 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 words from the movie because because I was alone I was able to just rewind scenes that I loved and I basically memorized the whole thing by by the time I was already a, a grown kid. I'm a witness. I, I yeah, know I'm that. so and so like I definitely I can quote this and I can quote The Lion King on its entirety. And <laughs> I did not do The Lion King, but because of the rehearsals, and that's it. yeah. No, and it's fun. It, it's fun when I'm alone, but I realize how how annoying it is when I'm with other people. So I try to contain myself. But I just I just love this movie. I love the music. I love. Um, of course, of course, it's not on the same level as original, and it's never gonna be because, as I said, like it's very, it's very unfair, I think, because it's not even like it doesn't exist even in the same cat category as the Lion King because the Lion King is basically a masterpiece of animation, and when you cut the bo- the budget basically in half and give it just uh, an outside studio to animate it of course it's not it's never gonna care <coughs> but for what it is and based on the movies that we have already covered on the podcast like this is one of the best sequels like I'm gonna go out and say it I think this for me this is the best because basically because of nostalgia and how it how much it means to me but I do mm-hmm. think this one is like the one that makes the greatest impact in, in the lore of the original and we're gonna cover that in length like later the Lion King lore is really interesting it's lore really is, it's weird. a mess like not a mess but it's, it's really like it's more it's greater and it's bigger than and more complicated than most people realize I, I don't think regular people would know there is a Lion King lore that basically like if you don't know like the, the cup that shows up in the Lion King at the end and Kiara are basically not, not the same cup. Okay, so and that's that's. <laughs> and, Is this the brother? Yeah. Okay, but the guy in should... the lion's guard. No, oh, no. <laughs> it's a different cup. Oh. Yeah. So there's a whole story with this, and I don't think we should cover it because it could fill a whole podcast on itself. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting. It's a really interesting thing. Like Google it. Uh, the cup's name is Copa. K O P A. And okay. in a sum up, the story is that uh, that cup gets killed by Sirva and the outsiders, and that's why oh. Simba is like so 
careful of them. And he, that's why he excites. This is so much more them. deep than I ever anticipated. Yeah, <laughs> and like more sense as to why he's so pissed. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Damn. Because well, if you know that bit of information, and then you rewatch Lion King too, there's this yeah. one moment. There's this one moment in the Lion King too where Sears like, oh, if you want your pound of flesh, here you go, and he offers Kobu to Simba like, go Ooh. ahead and kill him. Like I, I killed your cub. Like go ahead and kill mine. Like that's your pound of flesh. And I was and like once you know that like the whole tone of the movie and some of like the questions like oh why is Simba so hard on Kiara like they get answered. So yeah, I would say that like one thing one of my criticisms is that Simba's characterization seems super inconsistent from how it was in the original film, and yeah. he's not really a like favorable character in the no. sequel in my opinion he's not fun to watch but if i had known that his child was killed by zira <laughs> before watching that it would completely change my lens in viewing it but when you don't have that information and don't have that context his behavior seems pretty outlandish in my opinion yeah okay like yeah it's very interesting and i'm not sure how canon that is right now because with <laughs> Kayan and the lion guard like something's changed but if you Lion King it, like, lore discourse, yeah, like we, we, should, we, should, we could make an, an like a, a special episode on that because I do think like it, it runs very deep, mm-hmm. and yeah, so we haven't even. Oh, sorry, what were you? No, no, go ahead. We go haven't ahead. even uh, made our, the rundown on the movie. Yet. Oh yeah, sorry, I did, but like I just wanted to throw that out there because it's very very interesting and not a lot of people know it and I think like as a Lion King fan knowing that it really makes the experience of Lion King 2 better because as Aaron said like it, it explains some things from Simba's perspective mostly yeah mm-hmm. okay so I'm gonna do a quick recap of the movie and then we'll go and say things we didn't like and say the things we liked about the movie so mm-hmm. basically Lion King 2 is the story of Kiara who is Simba and Nala's daughter and she is the future king of the Pride Lands and Simba is basically a protective overprotective dad of her and, and, she, and he's always like oh don't go off the path I've marked for you and don't do this and don't go there and don't go to the Outlands and Kiara's like I don't care what you say that I'm gonna go to the Outlands because that looks fun and she basically um, goes, she escapes, because Timon and Pumbaa act, act as their, her babysitters, but they basically suck at it. Yeah, so I was Kira, like, yeah, why, yeah, why did Simba choose them to be the, the babies? <laughs> I, I understand, like, she's going on a hunt, and he's like, make sure she doesn't get into trouble, or she doesn't get hurt. I was like, why is them the pig and the meerkat? You've got, like, a <laughs> horde of competent lionesses behind you why send these two and i was like is is he sexist right now like what's the problem here is it because they're guys <laughs> it, oh. i know i i know why they sent him because they're the comic comedic relief and blah 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 but it just didn't make sense. it didn't even make sense to me as a kid as a five-year-old i was like <laughs> why these two <laughs> five-year-old tammy like criticizing simba's logic <laughs> i think why? i think it's because Sorry, what? What? No, I just repeat. I just repeated my my thought. No, go ahead. <laughs> I think uh, uh, this is just uh, what I just came up with. But I think Timon Timon and Pumba basically live on the quote unquote castle, like they live on the high class of of um, the nature of nature. So basically, I think babysitting Kiara is the way that they <laughs> they pay or they earn their place at the oh king's side. <laughs> I love oh my it. gosh, I love it. <laughs> Okay, so 
Simon and Pumbaa suck as babysitters, so Kiara wanders off and ends up, of course, in the Outlands, where he, where she meets a little cop named Kovu, and basically they, they get in some shenanigans with some crocodiles, and they escape barely, mm-hmm. and they basically form this, like, very quick connection, because they just went through a near-death experience, and they're just kind of having fun with each other and not asking any questions, and then, of course, Simba comes comes out, and then Zira comes out, and they realize that they're in opposite sides of, like, not a war, but of some conflict that happened before they were even born. Basically, Zira is Scar's unknown mate. Oh. <laughs> um, she was... Not, I Any thoughts she on was, that? What? <laughs> Because somebody said, uh, and I was like, any thoughts on that? <laughs> um, well, yeah, it's very weird that she doesn't get mentioned in the first movie. She was so important. <laughs> but, well, basically, she's Scar's quote-unquote wife, uh, maybe. <laughs> and, know, maybe. And her son, Kobu, she says, was chosen <laughs> by Scar to be his successor of, on the throne. That was before Simba, of course, came back and threw him out. So Sierra is very, um, how do you say, salty? I salty. think the word is salty <laughs> because she was basically yes, kicked she out. Is yeah. very salty. <laughs> I'm salty just like bitch. speculating about like Scar and Zira's divorce drama in my head now, wondering why she wasn't present and maybe why he was so salty oh. <laughs> in the first one. Yeah, maybe like she she's a tough woman like. She, yeah. Her character is like very strong, <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. So she's very salty because Simba threw them out, and she mm-hmm. is convinced that Kovu is meant to be the king. So Simba is like, "Oh, Kira, don't go near them ever again." And Sira, so basically, they take their cups, each of their cups away, and they have a little lesson, a very different lessons for <laughs> for each of them. Each of them gets a song. Simba. Yeah, each of them gets a, gets a song. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Simba kind of teaches Kiara that oh, we are we all are one, and you you're gonna have to be responsible once you become a, a queen. But we're not gonna leave you alone, and you're always gonna have us with you, and we're gonna guide you. And yeah, it's very fun and very um, sweet. It's a very sweet moment, I think. And then on the other side, Sira, Kobu, <coughs> and her other uh, children, Bitani and Nuka, are just in the outlands and it's all very deserty and it's basically dead so like I don't blame them for being salty because they're basically living in just nowhere mm-hmm. with barely anything to eat or to drink mm-hmm. and Sira basically is like you're gonna begin your training Kobu and she goes through this musical number where she just sings how delighted she will be once she kills Simba and once she takes over. That is really dark. That it's a very Simba. dark music. I love it. There was this lyric, it was like, with Simba's daughters dying in my grasp and the, and his lioness's mournful cry, that's yes. my lullaby. I'm yeah. like, damn, girl. <laughs> yeah. She has and I was issues. Like, I watched this as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and that didn't strike me as odd. I probably wasn't listening to the lyric, but as I listened to it, I was like, shit. Yeah. Disney got dark. <laughs> yeah. In the sequel. In the like, sequel. The lyrics in Spanish are not that hardcore, but once I watched it <laughs> in English, I was like, yeah, it seems kind of psychotic if you think about it. Like, sure. what this song is saying that is that she goes to sleep thinking and dreaming about oh, killing Simba, his daughter, and everything that he represents. And that's her lullaby 
just violence. Yeah. Yeah. So you see, growing up in that environment <laughs> must must have been hard for Kobu. Oh. And of course, Maybe a little bit. As well. Maybe a tad. Morning Reef raising. He's been radicalized. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he basically, basically. has been. He has been. He basically um, goes up being taught to basically be a revenge machine. And that's yeah. everything that Zira wants from him. He just wants him to be scars um air and take over and kill Simba and restore what's what she thinks is the natural balance of things basically. And that's all he is to her. Like yes, he <coughs> is her son, but she just sees him as a revenge tool. Mm-hmm. And I do have a question. Yeah. Did they originally want him to be Scar's like biological son and then they realized they wanted a romance? Like Yeah, I think I read this somewhere that um yeah, he was meant to be like Scar's offspring, but it was actually Michael Eisner uh, yeah. out of all, out of everyone who was like, "Wait a minute! If you want to make a romance, then don't do this because then it will be Kiara hooking up with her first yeah, cousin." That Game of Thrones shit right there. That doesn't belong yeah. in Disney. Yeah, yeah, I think that those were Michael Eisner's exact words. Oh, yes, Game of Thrones, the only lore that it's that is kind of as complicated as the Lion King lore. <laughs> yeah, cut, cut to, and it's the future now. Well, not the future. It's just a couple years later, and Kobu has become this very tough, very trained, basically brainwashed lion. And Sierra's like, oh, what's your purpose? And, oh, I'm going to kill Simba. And what's your destiny? And whatever. Like this call and, and answer kind of thing. And it's very mm-hmm. creepy. <laughs> and that is, that is the scene where we all got confused. Uh, <laughs> that is the one looks so good. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I said it. Um, <laughs> in the, and in Kiara's part. The voice part, has something to do with it, too. Oh. I think it's. Uh, Jason Marsden he was like yeah. my childhood it's Jason Marsden he's also the voice of Max Goose from Spirited Away oh and yeah him as well I'm pretty sure the cat from Hocus Pocus oh that's yeah that's I, I was, I was wondering why I was strangely attracted to that cat <laughs> that's a really attractive resume <laughs> yeah I was more of a Salem type of girl but I get it I get it <laughs> Okay, um, <laughs> so in Kiara's side of things, she has grown up and she's about to go on her first hunt alone. And this is the moment that Tommy, Tammy was talking about that she goes off and she's like, well, she's, she tells Simba, oh, dad, you have to promise that you're going to let me do this on my own, okay? And Simba's like, oh, okay, okay. And then, of course, <coughs> Kiara goes away and he turns to, Sim- to Simon and Pumba and he's like, follow her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and off they go. And, of course, Kiara discovers them. And she gets mad and she's like, oh, I'm going to go my own way and I'm going to go off the path and I'm going to hunt somewhere else. And while this is happening, Kobo is trying to... Um, well, the plan the, the plan that Sira has is that he will befriend Kiara. And I by... The term is seduce. Oh. <clears throat> I don't think they use the word seduce. <laughs> <laughs> but... It's implied. That's it is implied because I think Sira gets the idea because when Kobu was a cop, he was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, mother. I thought we could be friends." And Sira was like, "Friends? Oh, that's a great idea. Oh wait, no, that's a great idea, son." Yeah. <laughs> and that's where she gets the whole idea to for Kobu to kind of gain Kiara's trust, and by doing that, he will be accepted in Simba's pride, and then he will have the perfect opportunity to kill him 
once he get once he gets him alone and that's the plan so the way they're gonna do that is they're gonna basically set fire to this part where Kiara is hunting and once she's in danger basically Ko is gonna run up to her save her and he's gonna be like oh Simba I saved your daughter and you have to accept me to your pride now and that's what happens basically and Simba, Simba of course doesn't want to accept him because of what Kobu represents to him but Sasu comes in and he's like oh master the royal protocol says that all debts must be paid and we certainly owe a debt to this young lion who just saved your daughter basically and Kobu's argument is that oh you can't judge me for a crime I didn't commit mm-hmm. so Simba mm-hmm. is not happy but he accepts and now Kobu is in Simba's pride, but he doesn't get... He's not allowed inside with the lionesses, which makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Kiara is just... That scene was so weird to me. I was just like, does Simba have a harem? Is that what's being implied here? <laughs> it is, yeah, it he, is. He does... Yeah, that's it's how implied. It's implied. Yeah. Is that how lions work, Gina? Yes. Explain. <laughs> It is basically <laughs> seeking resident lion expert. <laughs> the thing is, like, if if a if a male lion is born, like, if he, like, if more than one male lion is born, they're basically gonna have to kill each other for dominance, and like, there cannot be more than one adult lion in the pride. Oh so, damn! Yeah, that's the, why Scar was. The, 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 mm, Scar was kind of part of the pride, so that was weird. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's weird. Yeah. Anyway, so back to the movie. Um, Kiara is so is very happy because basically her childhood crush just came back from the dead, and now he <laughs> lives next door. <laughs> oh me! I want to be happy too. And then, and she just wants to get along with him, and he's like, "Oh, you suck at hunting. Like, I, like you would have died if I wasn't there." And Kiara's like, "Oh, oh, really?" And she basically challenge challenges him to train her. And so the next day, it's very early in the morning, and Simba is out to basically drink some water, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Kobu wants to take the opportunity opportunity to kill him, but of course Kiara comes out of nowhere, and she's like, "Oh, we're gonna begin training now." And Kobu has to accept because she can be he can be like, "Oh no, wait, I'm I, I'm gonna kill your father, and then we're gonna train you." Of course not. He can. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so basically, what happens is that Kiara gains Kobu's heart. <laughs> Because really by training by training her, um, there's this awesome scene. <laughs> there's this awesome scene where they run to, into Simone and Pumbaa and they're hunting for like bugs and worms or something, and they need. Help I believe from... the canonical term is grubs. <laughs> oh, grubs! Yeah, thank exactly. you. Get with the canon, Gina. <laughs> oh my I'm god! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> the grubs, and they ask for Kiara's Kiara's and Kobo's help because there's this bunch of birds that are hunting yeah. the grubs as well. And so, for the fun of it, Kiara starts, like, roaring at the birds so they get scared away. And Ko's like, wait a minute, what's the point of this training? Aww. And Kiara's like, there's no training, it's just for fun. <laughs> and Ko's like, fun? What is fun? <laughs> <laughs> what is this you're talking about? <laughs> and basically, this is a scene that uh, shows us that there's more to Kobu than just being Sira's revenge machine. <laughs> and he's like actually gets to be like young and free for the first time because of Kiara and of course that's why he grows fond of her and they basically start forming this really cute relationship and to make long story short too late um, they basically (laughs) start falling in love and Kobu regrets and he doesn't want to be part of the plan anymore 
but of course once he's about to go um, come clean to Kiara and Simba's like wait a minute I want to talk with you now because um, Simba is trying to get around his feelings of for Kobu because he realizes that it's unfair to blame Kobu for something that Scar did so he's trying to come to terms with that and he realizes of course that Kiara likes him so he's like mm -hmm. okay I'm gonna go talk to this young man <laughs> so he takes him away and they basically get um, what's the word in English for ambushed um, ambushed yeah and Kiara, and Sirius like oh great job Kobu and he's like no I had nothing to do with this and Simba of course feels betrayed and they chase the Sirius and the other lionesses the outsiders chase Simba and basically it's a very dramatic scene that ends up with Sirius other son dying and it gets all blamed on Kobu for not Can doing I just his say, job. Yeah. I hated this scene as a kid too because it's the whole conflict because of, of a misunderstanding trope and I that is like my most hated trope uh, ever. Since, I hate since, it so much. Yeah, I, I think I, I've seen a lot of, of people saying that when that they, that trope bothered them since they were kids. Why do they keep doing that? <laughs> because it's yeah, just, I, just, I feel like psychologically yeah. it's not satisfying it just doesn't yeah. seem like Nuka is portrayed as just this bumbling fool through the whole film and he doesn't really know what he's doing or have too much of a mind of his own and he's just sad and insecure and wants to be loved by his mom and then he's killed for that it just doesn't really sit right you know for a death to <coughs> sit right in a viewer's mind it has to feel warranted and mm -hmm. I really don't think his was yeah no for sure uh, I think that what bothered me was that it got blamed on Kobu mostly. Yeah. That, that I don't know if he. I I know that there is a deleted scene that it's more dramatic, and I that I think that is more satisfying. But it we it, it would have made the movie darker. <laughs> it's already and, so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but Nuka starts uh, saying things like, "Oh." I, Finally, I got your attention, mother, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's very sad. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I think it's animated and it's in YouTube. Yeah, you can find like the um, the rough animation on, on YouTube, like for some of the latest scenes of the movie. And it's basically, yeah, it, it, it sets the, do the tone a lot darker. So that's why they, why they were cut. Yeah. Um, continue, please. All right, so Simba. Um, escapes of course and Sira blames Nuka's death and Sira's and and I'm sorry Simba's how do you say escape escape mm -hmm. on Kobu <coughs> and he and she does the most amazing thing <laughs> she scratches Kobu and he oh. she gives him the scar the scar basically mm -hmm. the scar the scar get it <laughs> and of, now Kobu has nowhere nowhere to go because Sira doesn't want him anymore and he tries to, and of course he doesn't want Sira any, in, anyway. So he tries to go back to Simba and Kiara and explain. And Kiara is like, "Okay, Dad, listen to him because maybe there's more to this." And Simba's like, "No, uh, I'm done. And I knew this this guy was gonna be trouble, and he just proved that. He basically tried to murder me, and he exiles him in the most dramatic and fantastic <laughs> song oh, in the movie. Yeah, one of the best scenes ever in life." <laughs> In any movie ever produced, it's a fantastic scene. I don't care. Like, I'm sorry if I'm biased, but I love that scene. It's and even to this day, if you start singing it to someone, they're probably gonna start singing it back. It's one of those Disney songs, and it's 
It, I think it's the only one. Disruption. Disgrace. Evil. Evil. It's like the anti-hero scar that marks you for oh, redemption. Yes. <laughs> Turning Suko. Kylo Ren, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, what I wanted to say about this song is that I think this is the most known sequel song out of all of them. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, because it's, I don't know, if you start singing Mulan to one person, they will probably sing it back. But if you sing, I don't know, Enchanted Christmas to one, <laughs> no. yeah. but if you sing this one, probably a lot of people, maybe some people don't even know where it comes from. It's just like, it's, it's just a known thing. <laughs> it's yeah. like brainwashed them from children. Watch me just go up to people and start saying, Deception. Disgrace. <laughs> yes. The, the, the disappointed zebra is the best. I cannot, I cannot, like, if you say the word deception, I cannot, I cannot not say disgrace. Like, it's just a part of me now. Yeah. Okay. Iconic. Yeah. So, Ko is exiled and Kiara is very sad and she says the most sassy thing she could say to Simba and um, because Simba's like he's following Scar's footsteps and have to follow my father's mm-hmm. and Kiara is just done and she just yells at him you will never be Mufasa and she runs away crying that, that, that is the mo- that is the scene that I remember most when, from when I was a child <laughs> yeah because it was just like oh harsh like too oh. soon young lady too soon <laughs> yeah and she runs off crying and she basically escapes and she tries to go find Kobu and eventually she does and they have this whole romantic song and it's very cute and it's very emotional and blah 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 they get reunited and Ko was like oh great Kara now that we're together we should run off and start a part of our own mm-hmm. and Kara's like no wait a, <laughs> wait a second no. so yeah I, I really like this about Kara that she's like very grounded and she's like we cannot li- we cannot just run off and pretend that we don't have a problem here and Simba, I mean, Kiara just wants to go back and fix it. And she basically convinces Kobu that they have to do something. Because <coughs> if she doesn't, it's just gonna keep going and going and going. Mm-hmm. So now um, Simba and his lionesses and Sira and her lionesses are about to face off in a dramatic battle. And, Sim- and I mean, Kiara and Kobu run to stop it. And it's a really... I, I really like this scene because <clears throat> basically... Uh, they get in the middle of the battle. I mean, not the battle, but between the two sides. And Kobu is facing Sira and Kiara is facing Simba. Like, basically, each of them defending the other side. I just really like that. I, I really mm-hmm. like um, the the visual of that. <clears throat> and they basically give this whole speech of how... Um, well, Sim- Kiara gives Simba his speech back. Like, I thought you said we are one. And she's like, oh, look at them. Like, they're just like us. Stop being a bigot, dad. Yeah, basically, that's what she's saying. (laughs) Like, don't be hypocritical. Mm -hmm. And Kiara is trying to convince her dad to lay off the the weapons and just make peace. Finally, after all all these years of holding grudges and not not letting the past go. And Sira is just not having any of it. And she attacks Simba, but Kiara gets in the way. And basically now Sira and Kiara in, are in this battle with each other and it gets very dramatic. It Then the, a river starts flowing and Sira is like holding off, holding on on the edge and it's just very, well, mm-hmm. yeah, extra. <laughs> they did that. <laughs> and basically um, Kiara is offering her paw to Sira because, as I said, Sira is holding, really holding on to the edge to 
stop from falling to the water and the river and to a certain mm. death. And Kiara tries to hold her paw to her <coughs> and Sira doesn't take it and she ends up falling anyway and she dies. And then by the end, the Sira's lionesses just accept to join Simba's pride and the ending of the movie is them having this, you know, gathering, you know, uniting the two sides. Kovo and Kiara get married, I think. Like, I think that's what the scene yeah. is implying. Because there's Rafiki really... and he's, um, <laughs> he's like giving, waving giving his him, thing, gi- waving his, his stick, stick his to him. Uh-huh. Yeah, he did that to Simba and Nala as well, didn't he? Mm, I don't. I don't remember think that. He did. he did like at the beginning to Simba. Like that's, that's basically his christening. <laughs> baptism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and he does that to he does that to Kovan Kiara, and that's basically a wedding thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Scene, I guess. And then Nala, Simba, Kiara, and Kovu roar into like the yeah. la- the the other animals, and the movie ends with Mufasa saying, "We are one," and then credits and. That's Lion King too, and it was a very long recap. <laughs> but I, 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 I don't know. I think we made good commentary. Yeah, we, we did. <laughs> there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot to say about this movie. So, <clears throat> do you guys want to start with the things that you didn't like first? I mean, no, I want to start, I like. but I want to end in a positive note. I don't want to end up saying Aww. the bad things. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we can do it. Okay, so do you guys want to start with the bad things, um, Timmy? Um, well, the bad thing, I, for me, just personally as a whole, I did not find the movie super interesting. Like, it's okay. It's just I wasn't really engaged in it in a film. I mean, I understand it's a Disney sequel. Like, the writing's not going to be great. The animation, obviously, isn't going to be as good as well. But I don't know. I Like I said, I think I was, I was just hyped up for it because of how much I loved it as a kid. And I think that hype kind of just... We just made it made it inevitable for me to not enjoy the film, the viewing, the re, the rewatch as an adult. I think the story wasn't that great. I I thought yeah, it could have been. Not a lot happens. Yeah, not, really it's, it was it? kind of boring, honestly, for me. Like it was. <laughs> oh, like I was hurts. actually. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, uh, five year old Tammy. But you had bad taste in movies, <laughs> but it's fine. You're speaking <laughs> blasphemy. <laughs> I know, but yeah, I found it. I found it kind of boring. Like it's just a basic story, you know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. It is. It is. I love Romeo and Juliet. I mean, I do too. And like it. It's. It's. Uh, I think it's good. I think for me it works that you know the first one is based on Hamlet, and I think the second one. I don't think it was planned to be Romeo and Juliet. It just kind of happened. And <laughs> no, I think it was. I, I totally think it was. And I just, I just think it gave the whole trilogy kind of like some uh, some sub themes, and I don't know. I just I really like that Shakespearean take. Mm-hmm. And, what Shakespeare play is Lion King one of the half based on? <laughs> it's. A, it's how do you say? It's a movie. And it's uh, Rosencrantz and Gilderstein are dead. Uh, uh-huh. Rosencrantz and Gilderstein are Timon and Pumbaa, and those are the names of the of the two companions on Hamlet. And one of the things that happened in the play is that you never heard about Rosencrantz and Gilderstein again. And they the, just appear once, and they're like, "Oh, and what are the names?" Rosencrantz and Gilderstein. And, Those and, people are dead, and you never know what happened to them. Yeah, and that's that's the last line they, in which they mentioned them. Rosencrantz and Gilderstein 
and Gil just signed our debt. Try saying that three times fast. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Uh, so there's a movie about uh, these two guys and um, like in, on their perspective, and uh, that is the take they, they that went is for. Yeah, they went for in Lion King one and a half. So th uh, that is a nice piece of trivia. Yeah, you guys. Then I collected by myself because that is nowhere in the in the <laughs> internet. <laughs> But wow. I know my Shakespeare stuff, so... Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, yeah, basically, it's just... This one is basically Romeo and Juliet with lines, and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not a lot happens because once the plot gets moving and basically it's just Kobus conflict of between, you know, what Syrah has been training him to do and um, he's developing feelings for Kiara, basically. Mm -hmm. And if you don't care for that, then the movie is just going to be eh, for you. Yeah. Tell me, do you want to Continue. say something else? Something bad? Um, <coughs> uh, no, I think that's pretty much the, the whole gist of it for me. Just a bit boring, not memorable, bit of a letdown. All right. All right. How about you, Erin? Sorry, I was on mute. Uh, <laughs> so I guess like what I would say my first and foremost criticism is that I'm always... Uh, not a fan of when evil characters are coded with a dark complexion <laughs> the way the lions are in this I think that's bad yeah. subtext um, and has mm -hmm. some squeaky elements and yeah, I would definitely. also yeah and, uh, and, and that's something that I think Disney has become a lot more aware of and mm -hmm. has sort of corrected god damn it there's a plane <laughs> oh she's gone she's gone it's gone now I think she will not mute, mute though. Yeah. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> no, it's so, so I would say I think that's something that Disney and filmmakers have become a lot more aware of and conscientious of since the 90s. So you kind of have to take it for what it is in that time period. But that's something that I'm definitely critical of. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't like... Nuka's death like I said I just don't think it really sat well with me and then something else I would say is I just didn't really like how uh, well I would say so in any sequel I think for it to be a valuable sequel it should um, allow for character development and an expansion of the stories of the original characters otherwise I think you're better off taking maybe an anthology approach as opposed to a direct sequel because I actually did really like the new characters. I liked Zuko. Uh, I just said Zuko. <laughs> Zuko. I love it. I love it. I like um, Zira. I liked Nuka and Vitani, uh, but I really didn't care for Semba, Nala, or Timon and Pumbaa in this one. I think Semba... Um, like what we were talking about earlier, I think his character just doesn't make a lot of sense without the context of that murdered cub. I mm -hmm. think that he kind of takes on this really, um, you know, it seems like he's sort of forgotten the lessons that he learned in the previous film. You know, he learned to be, uh, you know, more, more loving and accepting. And I think at the end of the first one, he tries to make peace with Scar, but it just doesn't pan out because Scar doesn't want it. And, um, and I'm saying that right, right? I haven't seen Lion King, the first one, in a long time. He, do, he yeah. does try to make peace with Scar at the I end, think, right? Doesn't he try to kill him? 
I, I thought mean, he tried he, to save him. And I mean, then, the thing he well, what, what happens basically is that Simba gives him the op- the option of running away and just mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. go and live your your life somewhere else. And it's just because Scar is like no and starts fighting him. Oh, and then that attacks he ends him up, and then throws him over the cliff. Yeah, thing. yeah. So yeah. that's that's how he ends up throwing him off the the edge, and the hyenas end up like eating him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not really that he wanted to make peace. It's he just wanted he just gave him the the way out. Like I don't yeah. me, I don't want to kill you. Just go. And right. He Scar just, just didn't guess- accept it. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm getting at is I think Simba was more merciful towards the end of that one. And then in this one, he just becomes very hard line and takes on this us versus them. They're different than us, like <coughs> mentality. And um, and I also didn't really like how Nala doesn't really receive any screen time except yeah. to nag Simba. You know, she's only there to be the complaining wife that's keeping him in line. And yes. um and while she was stern with Simba in the original, she had a lot more character to her. And then I also just think like uh, Timon and Pumbaa's humor became really slapstick to the point of it just wasn't really clever. It was pretty gimmicky and relying on the things that had made them lovable characters in the first film. But it was gimmicky in my opinion. It didn't actually expand upon um, what made them funny in the first place. That happens a lot on, on the sequels uh, that we reviewed. It, this happens. This happened in Pocahontas too as well. And Beauty and the mm-hmm. Beast. Oh. Like all the side characters, like oh. they don't know what to do with them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they're just like, um, f- make them say funny things, and it just <laughs> mm-hmm. doesn't land ever. I would also. The last thing I would say is just that. Um, sorry, I sound so salty, but <laughs> I would say <laughs> okay. that, like, like Simba is so incredibly patriarchal, you know, and he's just like. I'm going to keep my daughter in line. And for the most part, Kiara is forced to comply with this and just sort of treated like a cattle between him and Kovu. You know, like the story just seems a lot of times more uh, to be like Kovu and Simba's story than it does Kiara. She seems to be sort of a proxy for the conflict that the two of them need to resolve as opposed to so much of an autonomous character in herself, in my opinion. That's very interesting. I had never thought about that that way. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I think for me, I've always seen it like... I have seen it as Kiara and Simba's story. I do think that, in the end, Kiara teaches him a lesson. And I kind of like that. <clears throat> but definitely, I think... I agree. There's a lot... There's a lot... Like, you, what you said, I think there's a lot that we can we could go and talk about. Because I do think that... The main conflict basically is between Kobu and Simba and this like unspoken hate they have for each other because of Scar. And that's the conflict that needs to be resolved basically and Kiara is basically just there to be the the problem solver. And so yeah, definitely see where you're coming from. Um okay, so Andy, do you wanna go next? Okay. <laughs> um I am completely biased. I'm so thrilled about it. I don't have a lot of complaints about this movie, actually. Um, um, of the things you guys said, I actually hadn't thought about them. And that is really weird. And this is really this is really strange for me because I'm a film student and I am really harsh with movies. And not as much as other, uh, as, as other people from my area are. 
but I, I do always have a critical eye in, in everything and I notice, okay, so this is nostalgia and this is this is cheesy but I like it, okay. <laughs> um, and I think this happens with this one so much that I just put it on and I enjoy it thoroughly. And I think that my biggest grudge is with the animation and that is... The animation is not bad if you look at all uh, all the other sequels, and but but I don't know. Well, um, it's always really sad because it does happen yeah. with sequels. You know, with with pretty much every direct to video sequel, I would say you know they just experience <laughs> such budget cuts, and that's you know it's obviously a for a reason. It's because studios are trying to milk these franchises mm, without yeah. actually investing Spending. so much, but. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really tragic when you have such beautiful art in the initial installments of of films. You know, like on Meta Machine, you know, we covered Land Before Time, and like Don Bluth's original Land Before Time was just gorgeous and mm-hmm. like a like a, a a hallmark of its time in animation. But like all the direct to video sequels are just so much more subpar comparatively, and it's hard <laughs> not to be disappointed, even though like there's it's disappointing for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, Erin, if you listen to our other episodes, <laughs> it's the, the same thing. Wow! Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get what you mean. I mean, we have a, a complete podcast <laughs> about this, and yeah, um, I, I remember when when I had VHSs and like cassettes, and I, I remember commercials and trailers for Land Before Time. 17 or something. I don't know if I remember if I hallucinated that or how many <laughs> sequels. There? I think there's, I think I had to look this up recently. I think there's 14 or 15. Oh yeah, God. there's a ton. How do you wow. do that? Wow. Like, how do you even come up with more stories to tell? Like, I have not, I have probably seen the original one and maybe maybe one of the sequels. I have not seen the others. Like, I oh, it not. got so crazy. It was like alien invasion in the Great Valley. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I think I say she's going is going that direction. Oh God, no! <laughs> I think I, I think I kind of want to have a land before time marathon now. <laughs> oh no! Just you, to see that, like I need to see that with my own eyes. <laughs> oh. Okay, but coming back on topic, um, you you're making really good points, and I I do agree that of course the the animation and the story won't be uh, that tight and that good because okay. It's just two years of production and it's home video and you just have to milk the franchise as fast as you can, right? But I think I give this this crew and this movie a lot of credit because they manu- they managed to create something that is actually kind of meaningful um with 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 these constraints and the other the other teams didn't do that with the other sequels. So, yeah, I really think this is one of the best Disney sequels. <laughs> yeah, I think opinion. it's just you can see that there was some effort made, and that's yeah. more than you can say for so many of the others. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh, we were talking about bad things. Uh, yeah. yeah, I do have a complaint with Timba, and and if I didn't know, can I speak to the manager. <laughs> I have a complaint with Mr. Simba. Simba. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, because they just made him the typical uh, helicopter father, and this this is like a common thing. If when when 
protagonists have kids apparently yeah at least in Disney sequels we will talk about we will talk about Little Mermaid 2 later yes we will get to that Lady and the Tramp yes exactly and that doesn't match their characters at all and they just made they just do that because they have they have to have conflict that they don't they don't know where to get it because they have two years to complete the whole movie so I I I wish Simba's character was better and I do have like a little background with with the things that we said before about the cop and that stuff. But that stuff, it's not, it's not entirely supposed, you're canon. Not, you're not supposed to know. Yeah, in a movie, it's a movie, so that you you just have to be satis- It has to be satisfying on its own. Mm-hmm. It, that is my biggest concern about the storytelling. I actually don't think it's rushed. I don't know why, but I actually think the pacing is good, and I think. I don't know, they, they had Kobe and Kiara for me, they have chemistry since the beginning. So, <laughs> I, that is not my complaint, I just think, okay, it's totally natural that they fall in love. It's, I think that, that it, totally, it makes so much sense. Um, so that's why I, 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 I don't know, I'm, I'm a sucker for this kind of stories about yeah. Starcross lovers and, yeah. and, and, and enemies to lovers and yeah, both sides. Yeah, you know that about me. <laughs> um, so of course, uh, I mean, this was the first couple that I shipped. Oh. <laughs> Let's say, quote unquote, shipped. Uh, so of course I was going to grow up loving enemies to lovers tropes. Oh my, like, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, That's cute. I can't find more complaints. I actually can't. Gina. Okay. So I'm biased as well, of course, I think. If you ask me any other day, I'm gonna tell you, no, this movie has no flaws, shut up. But of course, <laughs> I, tr- I need to put my, my objective cap on mm-hmm. and be like, okay, no, okay, there, there, there are a bunch. Um, I think, <coughs> for me, the animation is not a problem. I think the animation is pretty fantastic, especially in um, home, direct-to-home video you know, yeah, level. Yeah, it's really good for that. I think what it's lacking is um, depth. Yeah, I mean in the backgrounds. Yeah. I think the, the liking the color palette is weird, yeah, but I think it's darker, and I don't know, maybe that's that's on purpose. But I do think that I mean Cheaper. the Lion King has some amazing landscapes, and it just you can feel the depth. You can you can feel yourself in nature watching that movie, and it does, it just mm-hmm. doesn't happen for this. I think the the budget for animation went straight to character animation, and the, 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 the characters, characters are really look, good. The characters look amazing. I love. Uh, well, I, I'm gonna go into what I like later. <laughs> okay, but I do think that um, the landscape and the depth of the field is lost and you don't you basically don't feel the same um how do you say you don't feel involved in the universe Mm -hmm. you don't feel the same sense of scope and scale that you do with the first one yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you just look at pride rock and it just does not feel the same you know it doesn't feel as big it doesn't feel as majestic because it, it it just can't there's just this one shot in we are one where Simba <coughs> kind of looks back to it and it, you can feel how big it is but basically because you're on Kiara's eye level and Kiara's like mm-hmm. so little so it looks bigger so I really like that shot Cute. but aside from that um, Pride Rock really fe- feels like less in scale and the whole thing is um, yeah but I think that's <clears throat> I think that's because it just doesn't have the budget for it so I cannot really pin it on the 
movie per se because that's just what they were given and for what they were given they were they did some amaz- some pretty amazing stuff you have a big standard you have the lion king one of the best animated movies ever and then you have to compare it to this one it's yeah not it's fair yeah it is it's just really not fair mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> they really they they pull through i think mm-hmm. if they were gonna do a, a sequel i think this is the least that they could have done mm-hmm. and that doesn't absolve its its mistakes and its errors so I do think there's a, some pacing issues I it's not that I don't buy the the romantic in, the, the romantic relationship I totally do like if I bought John Rolfe and Pocahontas from Pocahontas <laughs> 2 I of course bought because they meet they meet as, ch- as children you know they they have a connection that goes back so once they meet each other like once they're adults you you buy it because they have this like very pure connection in the beginning before they knew they were supposed to be enemies so yeah and but i do think the pacing is an issue because the whole thing with Kobo and kiara basically happens in one day and by the I next and by the next day Kobo wakes up and he's like he's rehearsing what he wants to say to sira and he's like not to kiara sorry and he's like oh so he's he's not saying this to her directly he's rehearsing it and he's like Kiara, I had this plan to kill your father, but I'm and I'm sorry, I don't, I don't mean to do that anymore because I love you. And when he says that, he just looks to the ground and he I looks so you. hurt and he's so dramatic. And you know, the romantic part of me lives for it because it's like oh, it hurts, but it hurts so good. But I think I the space time really, continuum. Oh, yeah. I was just gonna say the space time continuum flows differently in Upendi. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fantastic quote. Erin. Erin Pointer. Yeah. (laughs) I do believe that. I, yeah, I mean, you know, that scene, Rafiki feeds Kiara and Kobu like this really weird fruit. So maybe we we don't know what what those are. (laughs) They're definitely aphrodisiacs. That's so funny. Oh Oh my God. God. Oh my God. No, this movie just got. This movie just better? So much better. I, I don't know if you. Uh, okay, I, I will no, I will not say that. What were you gonna say? What were uh, you gonna say? What were you gonna say? I think one of the animators, um, or is this me? Am I doing things? But I think they said in that part on the original in "Can You Feel the Love Tonight" when Nala gives Simba the eyes, they they were no. I shut think up. that was no. No, I I think you that you mean so rude in this podcast. No, but I uh, know. Wait, I don't know if I'm if I'm getting my my movies confused. Yeah. Or was that in la- in Lady in the Tramp? I think you mean Lady in the Tramp when they like slept. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was confused. I'm sorry. I I apologized. I I am apologizing. Get your dogs and your lions straight. <laughs> Those were very sexy eyes, though. Not gonna yeah, lie. Yeah, they were. Yeah, Nala. No, she wanted it. She, yeah, and the, she got it. She got. It. She did get we it. Have the, we have the sequels to prove it. <laughs> we have Kiara to prove it. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? What were, what were, ah, the pacing. <laughs> okay, Kobo was saying I love you. I do think. Okay, later with the good things, but yeah. I I do feel like Kobo's desperate. Um, how do you say? confession of love comes like way too like early? too not not early but rushed mm-hmm. like if they would have if they would have showed us like a montage or something that showed showed you like some passing of time I maybe i could have bought it or i wouldn't have as much an issue hmm. but the thing is that kobu has time on 
not on his side because Sira is literally like stalking him, waiting for him to kill Simba so he doesn't have the time to to, I don't know, fully process what he's feeling. So he's just like, okay, I love you and I need to stop this right now. So I kind of get it on that part, but that's still, as a, in a storytelling perspective, that it does feel rushed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's kind of hard to buy, especially if you're not into romantic, uh, I don't know, stories. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm having the hard, the hardest time coming up with more things that I don't <laughs> like. You don't, you don't need to. And no, I, I do think, because when I was watching it, I was like, okay, I think the Timon and Pumbaa thing is actually an issue as well because, as I said, I don't think they know what to do with them. And <laughs> they, they have just, some funny lines, though. They do have some funny lines because, <coughs> because you know, the the same voice actors come back, mm-hmm. um, and so they, of course, give their best. It's like when Robin Williams came back to play the genie in King of Thieves. Mm-hmm. So you know, he was he was pretty much um, useless in that movie, but he was still very funny. And that's what happens with Timon and Pumbaa as well. They're pretty much useless. Mm-hmm. And they don't do a lot. And I, I have to say, it's not as annoying as Miko and Percy were in Pocahontas No, too. because they didn't speak and they were totally slapstick. It was, so, yeah. It was definitely. cartoonish, Looney Tunes style. Yeah. And this one, they, they have some better moments. I do like the... I'm, I have, I have, I'm crossing over to what I like. <laughs> but <laughs> I do me. like that scene at the beginning when... Um, Kiara falls into this little lake and Pumbaa goes after her and Timon's like <laughs> what am I gonna tell Simba uh, we dropped a war on her and he's like Pumbaa let me define babysitting <laughs> <laughs> I remember we, we laughed a lot I just yeah I think that, I think they are funny but they yeah. just don't get a lot to do and that they scene cracked me up as a kid like yeah. I loved it <laughs> or, or the one when, when he's the, the confrontation is happening and um, Timon is like Pumbaa hold my tail or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, let me at him. Let me at him. And, and Pumbaa like, lets him go. It's like, no, you have to hold me. <laughs> like, I, I don't think you understand the concept. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah. L- yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, they, they are funny. They just don't fit. They don't, they don't, they don't need to be there. Yeah. They, Simba should have just retired them to their old, like, paradise home <laughs> and be like, Aww. okay, you go and I'm going to be king from here and I'm going to come visit on Christmas and some, or something. Oh, it Aww. took his gay dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And Good I think that's my, that's all I can come up with because I don't even have a problem with Simba because, yeah, I, I do feel like he's different and he's not handled that well, but in my heart I kind of want to understand because once you have children I think you change and you you see the world in a different perspective and I do even without the killed cop storyline that you can take as canon or not even without that I can see Simba being protective of Kiara and like not knowing what to do with those feelings because you know was his, what he says in the beginning is something like, yeah, we got in a lot in a lot of trouble when we were children and I don't want that for my daughter. So mm-hmm. I can understand yeah. that on that part. And But I do think that he gets a... He eats a little bit too much. Like maybe he, it could have been more nuanced. It could have been more subtle or something. Like more... Just to watch Simba struggle with that feeling of, I want to protect my daughter, but I don't want to overpower her. I don't know if... Yeah. And making any sense. Then again, this movie is seventy minutes long. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Two years. To that's what I was it. saying. They needed to to kind of make the plot move along because they didn't have that much time, and they needed to focus more on Kobu and Kiara more than anything. 
and so I think that's that's why Simba suffers, and that's also why Nala suffers. Like oh. he's ba- he's she's basically in like three scenes. Yeah. yeah. In the beginning, when Kobo joins Pride, when she tries to convince Simba to like give him a mm-hmm. break, and then at the big at the end, when, in the big battle, mm-hmm. so so she basically gets like four scenes and like barely like three or four lines of dialogue. So she doesn't get a lot to do, and yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I do think that the way they treat their original characters suffers, but in the other hand, you get new characters that are very interesting and very fun to watch. So, we, with that said, um, let's move on to what we did like. Um, how about you go first, Emmy? Um, well, you mentioned this earlier, and uh, I just remembered it because you mentioned it, but I really liked Kiara's character. I think that's probably why I liked The Lion King too more than The Lion King, because I had a female character to look up to that was spunky that stood up for herself and just what she stood up for what she was right and what she believed in and I think that was just refreshing to watch at that age because representation is super important and I think it's important to like be able to see powerful women in media yeah she even stands up to Kobo sorry Mm -hmm. what what did you say like she even stands up to Kobo exactly when he saves her yeah, when he saves her, she's like, what are you doing? Like, what did you do that? And he's like, I just saved you. And uh, and she's not taking any of it because, <laughs> like, how dare you? So, yeah. Yeah. And I so, like yeah, that I... she doesn't have everything all figured out either. She's mm-hmm. kind of learning yeah. along the way. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, she, like, la- shares like what that. she learns to everyone around her. It's like, we can be better than this. Yeah. And, yeah. So I really Especially like she- her dad. <laughs> well, yeah, Sorry. her dad. Because <laughs> he needs some lessons. <laughs> he does. But yeah, I really liked Kiara, and um, I really liked the music. I, like oh, yeah, I, said, I, yeah. I loved He Lives in You. I think I listened to My Lullaby over and over again as a kid, and I just realized how messed up it, it was today. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and um, yeah. I loved I loved Upendi. Like, I yeah, was obsessed Upendi. with that song. It was just so happy and just super lighthearted and I just love listening to that and I think the music is really well done like of course it's not amazing but I I enjoy listening to it um yeah um what else I mean Kobu I like fell in love with him as a kid obviously <laughs> oh like everyone did like I told you yeah. my roommate who also isn't super into Disney like admitted she was in love with Kobu and <laughs> Uh, he may have been a subject of a topic when we got drunk one time, and it's fine. I have it on video. I can send it to you later. <laughs> <laughs> Please do, Danny. Please do. That I cannot believe you have held that from us so long. <laughs> We've known you for years, and until now, just it, now. It, yeah, it's a it's, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. Kobe's Kobe is a great addition to the Disney canon. He uh, confused many, many of the fabulous. <laughs> Why am I attracted to a lion? Yeah, <laughs> that was me. Maybe even maybe even caused a few furries to to, to develop. <gasps> oh, we went there. So full disclaimer: we're in, well, at least I, I'm not a furry. No, I don't we're know about you. On this podcast, we just kind of have a lot of feelings uh, for this animated lion. We're not furries, though. <laughs> we're not furries. We're, though. we're not furries. I promise. Our we new need motto. To make a shirt of that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So we're, all, we're always disclaiming that on that machine. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> we just really want to have sex with dragons and monsters and, and fish water creatures and fishmen. Like, because they treat everywhere. us nicely. They treat us more nicely. Yeah. Than regular men. <laughs> I 
I love the discourse. I like whenever that comes up on, on your podcast, I, I just love that. I live for it. That is my yeah. favorite part. It has made me realize, like, I have been, I have been trying to deny this, like, from myself, but I do kind of, like, yeah, have those kind of feelings as well. That's hilarious. Yeah. We're, we're making you feel right at home. Yeah, with the monster fucking discourse. Oh my God. Oh, I mean, I didn't say that. <laughs> Dilemma. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Oh, Kobo, what have you done? I have, I'm eight years old. Why am I feeling these things? Mom. Oh my God. Mommy. Okay. I mean, but, he has that scar. Uh, he does. Every I, character that has a scar and a dark past story. And a dark, be, yeah, a uh, dark past and a conflicted soul. And and that is head over heels over over a girl, a girl that, that has like a path of evil. Mark for them, but they don't want to follow. Uh, yeah. oh. <laughs> I live for this character. Can a character? And the, the, <laughs> you don't understand why I love this movie, okay? Because the, it has one of these this kind of characters, and it's a Disney sequel. Yeah, like what? because like we okay, Kubo's a fantastic character. <coughs> I'm gonna go right and say like, yeah, he's cute. Yeah, I confused a lot of young girls. Like, why mm-hmm. are we attracted to a lion? But on the on the other side, like, I don't know if he's that deep, but a but at least he's interesting. He's conflicted. He, you understand his dilemmas, and they an went to trouble. Sorry, an antihero. And yes, they, an antihero. They, they decided to take a little bit more of a bold turn with the protagonist. Yeah. Protagonist trope. Love interest. Yeah. Protagonist character. Yeah. And they went to the trouble of giving him a personality and a past and something that he needs to work within himself and with his family and the people around him. And I do think that's that's so interesting for a sequel to do, like with a new character. He's not even the first in the first movie, mm-hmm. but he's a strong character, and I just really like that about him. I think I don't know. He's he's a very I don't know. He's just very interesting and complex <laughs> in my eyes, and I just really love Kobu for everything that he <laughs> represents. And yeah, I I think that having him as a cop and as a fun loving kid. It, it creates sympathy for him as well. Yeah, definitely, because you can see the way that he was, like, the, his natural state, basically. And there's this deleted scene that, of course, it was cut from the movie, but basically it was Kobu right after he meets Kiara and he's playing with a butterfly. And and he just lets lets the butterfly go. And Sirius like, why didn't you kill it? Yeah. Like, you're supposed to be the next king of this land. And if, <laughs> Sirius like, you got her priorities just, straight. Yeah. <laughs> Kill that yeah. damn butterfly. <laughs> Don't be so he basically, shit, yeah, he basically get it right. This, uh, yeah, deception. She gets so mad because she's deception. stuck in the butterfly. He just lets the butterfly go, and of course, this as a child, like this, this is very traumatic. Like he grew up in the most toxic environment, and he mm. still came out to being a good guy after all. <laughs> I'm soft. I I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, sorry, you were you were saying. You were saying. <laughs> yeah, part, um, I think for me, the last thing I liked was the ending because you know how I hate the misunderstanding, like a, a conflict because of a misunderstanding. I like how Kiara wasn't like, "Oh my God, you betrayed me!" Blah 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 blah. She just right. Stick, she stuck to her man, and yeah, she was like, she I, know, him. "She was like, I know him, and he's not like this, and y'all are wrong, and I'm gonna prove it." And I was like. <sighs> Yes. Okay, I'm I so like this. Yeah. After after the Aladdin trilogy, this is kind of refreshing. <laughs> I didn't know Aladdin was a trilogy. <laughs> it is. It, it is. is. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. I mean, it has 
it has a good one and a really bad one. So just watch King of Thieves and you'll be fine. Yeah, you don't you don't need the the second one. Just you only need the second one is Iago the movie and like that sounds <laughs> like it's so unappealing. It's called Return of Jafar, but it, Jafar is just there for like five minutes. And, and Iago, has, Iago gets has two songs, two songs and a complete arc. Song. <laughs> yeah, so, he has two songs. Yeah. yeah. It's not worth it. But watch King of Thieves. That one has a good plot. That one has a good new character. And Robin Williams is back. So, yeah. Nice. You should definitely check out that new character. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> is it a hot villain with a scar? <laughs> oh, no, no. But he's a hot dad with a scar. <laughs> yeah. Kasim. Kasim. Thank God for oh, Kasim. Good old, good old Kasim. Yeah. We thirsted about him in the podcast. <laughs> and now we're trusting over Kobo. Like, you know. <laughs> History repeats itself. Yeah, that's just that's just television. That's why we're here. <laughs> and then we sit over Rolf and Pocahontas too. Kinda, but he was more kind of a good guy, and he was cute, so we didn't thirst over him. Tell <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you? Uh, okay, you 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 were saying. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know that was my last good one. Okay, that she stuck by him. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Erin. Sorry, waiting for this plane to go away. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go ahead and say that Kovu has a daddy kink. Where he's like, he's like, bet you do everything daddy says. Bet, you, bet your daddy's little girl. And I was like, wow, sounds like you want her to be your little girl. <laughs> Okay, can I say that when we when Gina and I were watching this movie and and they said daddy, I, I told her I, I'm not comfortable with that word. Yeah, she I was am. Like, but they're, she's a child and she's talking about her father, her actual father. And I was like, you know that that word is just it's, it's been done for me. It's been so it's corrupted. corrupted. It has. I will, ne- yeah. I will never. Maybe not in 1998. <laughs> yeah, okay, happens. listen, listen. Normalize daddy. That was young no, Kobu. That was no. cop Kobu. If adult Kobu would have said those mm-hmm. lines like, oh. I bet your daddy's little girl, I would have had a complete different experience as a child. <laughs> <laughs> and as an adult, I would be like, yes. yes. <laughs> I am, and what about? <laughs> That's am. hilarious. Yes, I, I am dad. So I bet your daddy's little girl, I can be. I can be. <laughs> I can be. <laughs> This is a serious podcast. Is it though? You have to say that every time we record. If we have to say it, maybe we're not. Shh, they don't know that. Sorry, Erin, you were saying. Sorry, plane. Give five seconds. A day pass by your house. Oh, so many. It's constant. Um, Do you like get so, used to it, or are you like constantly thinking? Oh about yeah, <laughs> I'm totally used to it. It's just frustrating with recording. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. But like, yeah, I I would also mm-hmm. just say that um, I really liked the resolution of Kiara attempting to save Sira at the end. I think you know, obviously, it paralleled the scene with Scar and Mufasa in the gorge, mm-hmm. and. Um, and you sort of have this sense of like generational forgiveness where yeah. Kiara sort of writes things and says, I think through through this scene, it's it's Simba's pride forgiving Scar's pride for that atrocity that was committed in the first one. Um, and 
you know, I did think it was interesting that Zira just sort of let her bitterness poison her and opted not to take Kira's paw and be saved. But I thought that was a really great parallel scene. And um, I also really liked the scene where where uh, Kovu, I almost just called him Zuko again, where Kovu is. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. Please do that. Call him Zuko. I don't care. <laughs> where Kovu is being berated by Zira for a... Uh, for his failure, um, you know, I think that that scene has a lot of emotional stakes, and I really liked seeing him go through this conflict of trying to do the right thing, but also be there for his family, and yeah. uh, you know, just the hurt he experiences in having his mother blame him for his brother's death. Um, mm. Yeah, and yeah, so harsh. yeah, I did really like him, and I, I liked Zira too. I mean, I think. Awesome. You see a lot of sort of vengeful woman tropes sometimes, and a lot of times they don't work that well. But in this one, like you can really see that she's just she's very pained and she's very bitter. And there are women who are very pained and very bitter and vengeful. And um, you know, I I think that she was sort of empathetic in a sense, despite being a terrible person. You could see that it stems from years of betrayal and hurt. And so I did think there was a some sense of empathy about her that I appreciated. Yeah, definitely. I think there's like the scene where um, they're, they're trying to make peace and everyone has basically turned their side. I mean, serious serious lionesses have turned on, not on her, but they have joined Simba at this point. And Sierra's the only one left, mm-hmm. and and I think it's Simba who says to to her, "Come on, Sierra, let go of the past." And Sierra's like, "No, I will never let go." And like, just the way she says it, and you just understand that she just she's just committed to to that pain. You know, yeah. it just has been eating eating at her for so long, and she's just not. She doesn't know any she's better. Not ha- yeah, she doesn't know any better, and she's not having. Like, she's not forgetting. She she refuses to forget Scar and. You know, it's very sick and it's very like e- well, not evil. Well, yes, evil, <laughs> but it's it's very wrong. But you understand her, so yeah, yeah. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. All right. Okay, Sandy. I-, I love a lot of things about this movie. I <laughs> like I said, I, I was talking about the bad things. In this and essay, I, I will. In this essay, I will. Um, I was talking about the bad things and all the good things came up. Uh, just naturally, so yeah. uh, <laughs> I really like the new characters, and I do think they are uh, some of the strongest characters in that we will see throughout this the series, this sequels. this podcast, yeah, in the sequels, and and not just for Kobo and Kiara, but I also like Bitani, and I also Bitani like Sira. Awesome. <laughs> Bit- yeah, we haven't her. talked about her, but she's she's awesome. Uh, she's uh, Kobo's little sister, well, kind of. And she's Siraz's daughter, and Nuka. Nuka is kind of yeah, kind of annoying and kind of a goofball. And uh, he's he's I don't know he's kind of an outsider inside the the outsiders. And but Bitani is kind of this kind of rock punk lion. <laughs> that she has like she's like the one who eyeshadow. should have been chosen. She should have been the chosen yeah. one. Uh, that's yeah. a, I was about to make a, <laughs> a case for that. I was about to make like a kind of a parallel because I don't know what, why when I was watching it I, re- I was reminded of Cersei Lannister or something. Wow. I was like imagine if if she uh, if she was the, cho- the chosen one 
uh, by Scar, they they would have killed Simba oh, she when killed she was Simba. a cub. Yeah. When she was a cub. And, oh my god! Yeah, and she has like this eyeliner. I don't know where she got it in in the saban. <laughs> I the, think it's supposed to be. It's like, very fierce. <laughs> yeah, I think it's supposed to be like I. How do you call like when you haven't had enough sleep and like you're like bags under your eyes? Yeah. Bags. <laughs> I think that's supposed to be it. But yeah, it just looks like eyeshadow. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah, thought it was like, like Fall 98 couture. <laughs> <laughs> and then she has bangs. She, she's yeah. awesome. She's and, got a great when, aesthetic. Yeah, I, I think I like her because of she's her aesthetic. She's very sassy. And like she, I think, well, she's not the youngest. Ko was the youngest. But she, Nuka is like so older than her. And she just gets on his level. And she's <laughs> like, oh, mom is going to... Yeah, get be so mad at you, and she's like, she's just so sassy to Nuka. She's very fun. And and when Shira is, is singing her death song, she was like, she's rocking it. She's, she's rocking she just testify. It. That was the testify. best part. Testify. <laughs> Preach, mom. I love, oh I love this moment. Okay, sorry, I'm, I'm taking from your time, and <laughs> I love this moment in my lullaby. And I don't know what Shira says. It's like. I can hear them. He- I can hear them singing. Come oh, what a guy! Yeah. Vitan is like so like into it, and Nuka is just like, oh, what a guy! It, I love it, it, isn't that what 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 the genie says in Aladdin? And he's in, like in the same position, like Jafar. 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 Oh, Jafar. Jafar. La la la. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's like the right direct. Um, I don't know, but it's funny. Reference, but it's it's very funny. Yeah. I like, I like that. <laughs> okay, continue. Yes, and uh, I was, and I actually like. Okay, I'm continuing my bit on the discourse, and I will stop. Uh, but then <laughs> at the end, and she's she, when Kiara offers that, okay, that you can, we can all become just one pride, and you can come with us. And Bitan is like, uh, she's the first to turn. Yeah, she is the first to turn. Basically, I think, or one of the first. Or like Which is the most she important. Does, she's the most important because once she does, Sira has nothing left. Yeah. And so basically, she's like, no, mother, it's enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, that. That, that's badass. And okay, outside of uh, of that topic, and like Tammy said, I love the music. I actually think I love all, all, all of the songs. Yeah. Uh, and of course, not one of us is one of my jams. <laughs> it's, I think it's in, on my top uh, five Disney songs. Really, it truly is. It's just amazing. And uh, Hilp Sing You is actually on the Broadway musical, so that's that's going to be awesome. Um, Do you want to talk about Hans Zimmer? And um, <laughs> okay, yeah. I, 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 I was going to talk about it and like two other points of uh, when we were talking, but I, I couldn't. I don't know if you guys uh, noticed. noticed, but... <laughs> Hans Zimmer was also the composer for the sequel, which is awesome. It, it's really weird, and that he came back when Kiara is uh, on her on her first hunt, and they set fire to the land. Did you hear something familiar, no. guys? No. No. <coughs> if you watch that scene again, pay close attention to the mu- to the music because you will definitely recognize a song. A very famous song from Pirates of the Caribbean. It's literally the pirate. Like it's not the same arrangement, but the same notes are there. And like if you listen closely to it, you will definitely feel that. That's there. Like wow, Hans Zimmer. 
Like I think he composed that for Lion King too. And when when he was composing for Pirates of the Caribbean, he went back for that, and he was like, "Yeah, this is badass." And he <laughs> made some arrangements. He made it even more badass, and that's what that's what the Pirates of the Caribbean theme yeah. came to be. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe he he thought, okay, no, nobody will ever remember, remember the sequel, <laughs> so whatever. And and it's really it's it, it's, it's weird. Multiple, it's in multiple moments in the movie. Like I think you it's like hear the it at theme least, at least three times. Yeah. Did you guys yeah, so catch go, it while you were watching, or did you know it beforehand? I, no, I knew it. it. I knew I, it. No, I I caught I caught it like five six years ago when I was watching it, and it was like. Is this Pirates of the Caribbean? And like it just clicked on me that it's the same composer, so it might as well be. I, I caught this when when I was like thirteen, thirteen, yeah, basically. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Impressive. Yeah. And uh, one other of the things that I liked is just I like everything about this. <laughs> uh, I like the the romance. I like the story. I really like Kiara's character. I like the chemistry the chemistry she has with Kobu. Like I said, uh, like we all said, Kobu is one of my favorite characters. I think he's like my third uh, favorite male character uh, from Disney. Aww. Yeah, it's just this movie is really important for me. I just really like it, and it's uh, it's uh, I, I just lost my train of thought. It's <laughs> higher on my rank on favorite movies than Lion King. But wow. that is just nostalgia. That is just plain nostalgic. I, I know Lion King is like super superior. And uh, like the super original superior. Super superior. <laughs> and but I will I will just keep mentioning things. I just love it. Okay. And I'm biased. Yeah. Gina, okay, please. If you come up if you come up with some other things while I'm talking, like go ahead and say it. Like hey. that's for all of you guys. <laughs> um, um okay, I have a lot of things. I basically love all of the movie like besides the things I don't like I basically love the rest like there's not even like a point of comparison because the good things I see in this movie just completely outweigh the bad so for starters I really as I said I really enjoyed the animation and I think that one thing that sets this sequel apart from the from the others is that it has a lot of how do you say connecting <coughs> animation like yeah it, like there's this moment at the beginning and this is where I noticed like how superior the animation is from other sequels it's when when Kara is just going um, she's still a cup and she goes off to play and Simba's like don't go off the path I marked for you and Nala starts talking but while Nala is talking you can still see Simba like trying to find Kiara and he's moving his neck he's moving his eyes and you just see like concern in him in, in just his body language and I think that's something that no other sequel so far has had because the animation being so cheap needs to be like very contained so mm -hmm. if the character is not talking then it's basically gonna be static maybe just blinking and not doing much else so when I saw this, that Nala was the character speaking, but Simba was still doing things and he was still reacting to his environment, I was like, wow, okay. A lot of thought and effort was put into this. Like, they went for it and they... And there's a lot of moments like that in the movie. Like, the eyes are so expressive. The body language is fantastic in the movie. And like, when Kobu is giving this real speech to himself, like, the, the range of emotions that go through his face, like... It's, it's palpable and I just feel it and I really really enjoy 
everything that the animation does, I think it's never gonna be on part of the Lion King or the Disney feature, the full length and Disney animated features. But this just might as well like it's almost there. If if they had a little more budget, if they had a little more time, it could be there. It it's just uh, I don't know the animation. I think I just love it. The yes, the backgrounds are not the best, but I just have a lot of fun watching the characters move mm. and react to each other. Um, I like the new characters. I, li- I really like Nuka. Like I think as a child, he was just annoying f- to me. Like I didn't really care for Nuka, but as I grow up, I think he he's a very sad character, and I I think he's dead. For me, it really it, it I felt his death. Like I know, like. I think Erin said that maybe it doesn't land, but for me it did because <coughs> I guess it. I guess I can understand Nuka because he was just pushed aside by his youngest brother, and he was never, as he said, he was never given the chance. And like I really like the the little detail that they gave him of like he's always like covered in fleece, so he's always like <laughs> eating himself up. Like that's on the wrong note. It's not not. not <laughs> he's just. <laughs> finding it itself like all the time and like just, just to clarify on on the note about his death what i meant was i think his death yeah. really did hit like it actually did make me really oh. sad and i think the reason it made me sad is because it didn't seem justified like he didn't oh, seem okay. to deserve it oh yeah no definitely definitely not definitely didn't deserve it and that's that's really what makes it the more tragic but but that is awesome that this sequel got there they did that's that. a very shakespearean shit like <laughs> just doing, trying to do your best and like not even failing but dying in the attempt that's very sad does this make Nuka Mercutio? no <laughs> no because Mer- no Mercutio wasn't as tragic Mercutio oh my gosh no that's that's Shakespeare discord for another podcast <laughs> what, what is what is what is Bitani Bitani um I don't know. I leave that to you. Just think about she it. I let I let you think about it. what? No, she can't be. Oh said. yeah. Okay. Um, what was I saying? Bem- no, no stop it. Bit. We're not getting into Roman and Julia discourse right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. You can you can think about it and come back to me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, okay. So I really like Nuka. I really like um, just the metaphor that the fleece I don't know I, I see the fleece that he has like as some, as some kind of metaphor like he's always gonna be subpart and the it's always gonna be metaphor. something like it's eating out of him that's so know. sad yeah you're I, looking really deep into this I as I said to Andy I watched this movie for the last 20 years of my life I <laughs> watched this movie ever since I have a memory so yeah I have 20 years of accumulated thoughts on this movie <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um uh, what uh, my favorite? I do think my favorite part of the movie is the romance. I just really feel it. I think my favorite, one of my favorite scenes, is when Kobo and Kiara are lying on the grass and they're just stargazing. And you can like, <laughs> like Kiara's like, "Oh, look at that little bunny," and Kobo's <laughs> like, "Oh, look, those look like two lions fighting to each other to death for a piece of meat." <laughs> and like you can see, like where he, like. His, his his home life was so violent. And, no, and, and, and he toxic. has like a smile on his face. He's, he's enjoying it. He's at the time of his life, fighting themselves to death 
Fred yeah. is a meat. <laughs> what fun? Is this his? Is this his? This is the shadow of a monster. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh god! That's from the Shanded Chris, <laughs> and it's hilarious. It's, yeah, it's freaking hilarious. Wow, amazing! I can't believe you just made that parallel. Do you want to explain to people comparison. that don't know? <laughs> no, they should listen to a podcast. Oh, okay. You should listen to the Shanted Christmas, and you'll understand. <laughs> well, we just love our emo boys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> talking of emo boys, emo I really, boys. I think. I think that we, I, as Sandy said, I really do enjoy this pairing because it's enemies to lovers for kids. Yes, like, this is what introduced me to it. It's how you introduce the children to what an enemies to lovers trope is because I've seen some, some kind of discourse on Twitter ma- ma- mainly that's like, oh, enemies to lovers just means that oh they have this discussion once and like that's not enemies no, to lovers. Enemies to lover needs to have like as. A big conflict and these two characters being on opposite sides of that big conflict. Like completely different ideologies or like just two op- opposing sides of on any of any kind. And that's how you get enemies to lovers. So this is paint by the numbers enemies to lovers, but in a way that's easy for children to understand and that is not as dramatic or angsty. Like it has it's it has its angsty parts, um, especially on Kobo's part because he's definitely the most damaged. Because I mean, if you had Sira as a mother, like that really has to eat at you. And that scene where they're stargazing, and he's like, and Kiara tells him, "Oh, my father used to say used to say that the great kings of the past oh, yeah. watch us oh, from yeah, the stars." And Cole was like, do you think Scar is up there? And they just stare at each other like, what? Like, like, we they have just, different they just, visions of the world. Like they feel like the awkward pause at that moment. And Cole like realizes, like, no, of course Scar's not up there. Like he was hated by everyone. Mm-hmm. So he has, like, it's where this conflict in him first shows that it's very difficult for him to make peace uh, with this basically legacy not legacy but this mission this destiny mm-hmm. that Scar and his mother just laid on him as a baby basically yeah it's and a really interesting scene when he's talking with Semba and Semba sort of gives him a new perspective on Scar because obviously Zira painted Scar as you know the fallen hero of their story yeah. but Semba talks about how he was just consumed by bitterness and jealousy and uh, Kovu's open to hearing about that yeah yeah, I really like that that scene as well. I think like it really goes to show. I don't know. I just really like this movie. It just goes to show like how well written and how much care there was <coughs> there was for this character, these new characters, pretty much. And that scene w- with Kiara, he's like he wasn't really my father, but he was still part of me. And like you totally get it. Like he was part yeah. of him because Sira basically fed him the scar discourse all his life. So he. Mm-hmm. I think the way Simba feels like Mufasa's presence, I think Kobu kind of feels that from Scar, or used to feel that, or at least thinks he does. And all his, uh, can I say something? Uh, Kobu all his life, he's been, his whole personality has been around the Simba. Li- uh, well, yeah, Simba, like the vengeance on Simba, and he's just, like you say, he's a killing machine, and, and Scar, he, he's 
being just defined by this person that he barely knew, well, this lion he barely knew, <laughs> and I think that the first time that he is finding himself is because of Kiara, and that is just oh, my heart. I am the softest for these kinds of of stories. I'm not saying Kiara is the only reason he's he's changing. No, I mean he he does that by himself, but she helps she helps him realize that. Yeah, I think and she introduces. Yeah, she introduces him to a new ideology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because from the beginning you can see that Kobo doesn't really agree with Zero's point of view. He's just he's mm-hmm. just a child, so he's just believing anything like Zero tells him. But he kind of feels like something's off. When when Bitani, <laughs> she's definitely not. I'm just saying that. Okay, <laughs> and when when he gets in, reintroduced to Kiara, he. Kind of remembers that childhood innocence, I guess. Hmm. I really like this this kind of parallel. Like in the first Lion King, um, Simba and Nala have this little like thing where they kind of wrestle, and Nala always comes up, comes out on top, and mm-hmm. and that's how when they reunite years later, that's how Simba recognizes her. He's like, like she does the same thing, and he's like, oh Nala, <laughs> like it it just it's really fun, like visual storytelling. And I think they they don't um, go full on that on this one, but they do. They have this thing where <coughs> Kiara and Kobo first meet, and they have this kind of like back and forth. Like Kobo's trying to like chase her, chase her, and she just refuses to turn her back on him because that's what her dad t- told her. <laughs> and once they reunite as grown ups, they do the same thing. And Cole says the same thing in both scenes. He's like, "What are you doing?" And that's how Kira recognizes him. <laughs> and uh, the smile, the smile they give each other, like I really love that scene. <laughs> and and I what was I again. saying? Oh yeah. So Cole kind of with that bond, she with that bond he had with Kiara when they were children, and re- reconnecting with her, he kind of starts getting that innocence back, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it's really conflicted for him. Mm-hmm. And oh, one thing we haven't mentioned is that Mufasa is the one like wanting to hook them up. Oh yeah, because Rafiki it just sees signs from the sky. Well, well, for Mufasa, and and then he proceeds to <coughs> like get Kiara and Kobo together. But Mufasa is the one who sent him all of that. Yeah, he's like, get this together. And Rafiki's like, I don't know if that's going to work. Do it! And Rafiki's like, okay, okay, I'll get it. But I uh, I just hope you know what you're doing. So basically Mufasa's idea is this, that by reconciling both sides, the, the war will be over and there will be peace. And you know, Mufasa's, Mufasa's wife, I mean, Mufasa's wife, he, he's right. Yeah. And Don't so, boo him, he's right. <laughs> so Rafiki acts like um, the how do you say the matchmaker, <laughs> and that's when they go to Yupendi. And I really want to stop with Yupendi because I really I think I found this new like fascination with that song very recently after I watched it for the podcast because like, just the idea of love being like an actual physical place place that you can go once you're in love and like the way Rafiki describes it. And like the second verse of the song is like, you better watch your step because the part is steep and hold your breath because the water's steep and it's a long way down, but falling's half the fun. And I just really like that. I think it's a really fun play on words and how it feels to fall in love. Mm. And I also really like that the fruit that 
that there's in Japan is called passion fruit, and <laughs> I just I really just love the 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 whole concept of Yupendi and love being an actual place and the way he takes them there and I really like this little bit of character animation that I hadn't noticed before um, there's as I said there's these fruits that um, Rafiki gives them and Kiara takes it in the first in the first go like Rafiki just offers it to him to her and she takes it but <coughs> Kobu refuses it Kobu's like no thanks and he doesn't take it but the second time he does like uh, uh, the second time basically the fruit gets stuck on Kobu's throat <laughs> Like he doesn't, he didn't want to, but he just, it just got stuck on him, and then Kiara gives him a peck on, a, on the cheek, and it, then it, he can, he can swallow it. Mm. And I think that's a very cute, like visual metaphor for their, for their um, relationship. Oh my god! You, because you, like you've Kiara, seen really deep into this. I mean, Kiara just falls for, falls like head over heels for him, and like no questions asked because she has no, she doesn't see an evil in him. Mm-hmm. And that's but cool. Kobo is like reluctant to fall in love. Because of what he, because of his, you know, plan and his mother and whatever. But basically, it's, it's Kiara's, um, how do you say, stubbornness, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that he's like, oh, okay, okay, um, I'm gonna go for it. And I don't know, and maybe I'm, I, I am looking it, too deep into it, but I do. Like it's like little detail that I caught this time around, and I just thought it was cute. It makes me think of like. You know how people say you have to love yourself first before you can love someone else. Like you. For sure. like he just yeah. has so much hesitation because he has to figure out who he is and what he stands for before he can give himself to another. Yeah, definitely. That's a yeah, good point. So he has to. He has some issues. He has to resolve. <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah, I think the relationship is really nice. I just really like the whole... And of course, it reminds me of Royla. I'm just going to go around and say it. It has a lot of Royla parallels. And, and, and Kobu even. has a lot of Benzel parallels. And a lot of Zuko parallels. Sira is basically Snoke. <laughs> and Nuka is basically Hux. And, <laughs> and that's... Yeah, Lion King is just a sequel who, trilogy. Who, who is Vitani? Um, Cap- Phasma. Phasma. <laughs> yeah, she's badass. It's so true. Yeah. And Simba's Luke. The badass Simba's military Luke. commander. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and Mufasa's basically the force because Mufasa's the one trying to <laughs> have the match. He's the matchmaker. Like, he's the one saying, like, oh, this needs to happen so there can be balance in the pride lands. <laughs> and that's what the force is trying to do with Kylo Ren and Ben. <laughs> I mean, okay. Kylo Ren and Ray. So that makes, that makes Luke Rafiki. I mean, I think Luke's, hmm. I think Luke is Simba, right? Because yeah. he's the one he, refusing. Yeah. Oh, and right, in the right, end, right. he comes around. Oda? And in the end, he comes around. Yeah. Rafiki um, Yoda. Rafiki is Yoda. Yeah, we said that. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Rafiki is Yoda. Yeah. Awesome. That's the Star Wars reference for the episode. Like, <laughs> there you go, kids. The one we were taint. The one we were tainting in the last episode. Yeah. Basically. Um. Yeah, I think there's just a lot of parallels, and not just with Raylo, with Satara, like all these ships that involve like the um, the emo kid with a dark past and a scar. Oh, you it's guys, just, when you kept mentioning it, like talking about Kovu, I had to resist the urge to just say hashtag Ben Solo every time. <laughs> yeah, it, but he is basically Ben Solo, and like I I wasn't joking. I think Sira and Snoke have a lot in common mm-hmm. with the butterfly thing, with brainwashing, and just making this little innocent kid into their, you know, weapon for evil because of their 
past and their upbringing and just their sheer power and you know potential and yeah (laughs) so yeah I don't know what else to say about that, but I just really like that parallel. I, I love Star Wars, and I <laughs> what you were saying about um, this metaphor of Kiara and Sira, <coughs> and how it parallels Mufasa and Scar, That's and awesome. how generation the generational you know forgiveness. That's very Star Wars as well. Like you can see, like as I said, as I mentioned also in the Aladdin uh, King of Thieves episode, like the idea of not making the same mistakes as your parents and realizing how you can become them if you don't change your ways like that's very interesting to me mm-hmm. and I, that's why I love Star Wars and that's why I love Lion King too I think mm-hmm. oh yes yeah, so Star Wars the only other thing that has a lore Lion King lore <laughs> okay there's a lot more like okay did you know okay just a quick sidetrack do you know that there's a theory that Nala Oh, yes. Yeah. Is Vitani's so. mother. What? Because they have blue eyes. Ugh. I have never basically. heard that theory. Yeah. So the, the theory is that Scar basically, yeah, that <laughs> to Nala. And Nala gave birth to Tani. And of course, Vitani <laughs> was a reminder of the horrible things that happened to her. So once the outsiders were banished, they took Vitani with them. And that's a horrible theory, and I don't believe it for a second. But it's a theory that exists, and it's out there. You can Google it, and yeah, I'm just imagining whatever horrible subreddit I would find this on. <laughs> yeah, you, you will find this on uh, on 2009 Devi- DeviantArt. Yeah, also there was there's fun art of this. Yeah, yeah, because also uh, there's this moment in the movie where Vitan is like, oh, oh yeah. Nala, where's your precious daughter? And the, like the people that bought this theory was like they they they, they la- latched onto this this line that was that they thought this line was like making it canon like oh why would Bitani be so would have a grudge against Nala you know that and the and the scene in the Broadway musical that with Scar oh, and Nala yeah. and it was also cut from the original yeah. ranking mm-hmm. yeah so there you go, little side. Just to, just to show you that the Lion King lore is very deep. <laughs> and it's very, it's very dark, <laughs> and you can Google it, and it's very interesting. And <laughs> we can help because have a whole podcast on it. Seriously, just Google <laughs> it. Um, so going back to what I like about the movie, <laughs> I just like everything on it. The music is fantastic. Uh, the characters, the new characters, are very well written, and they make a fine addition to the the franchise. I. I should say uh, the romance is believable and the romance is very it's the heart of the movie and without that I think the movie would just fall apart mm-hmm. and I just really like the relationship with it, between Kiara and Simba and I like the whole idea of Simba learning her, his lesson through his daughter mm-hmm. that at the same time is a lesson that <coughs> his father is trying to convey to them oh. via Kiara so it's this generational thing, like granddaughter, grandfather, granddaughter, and father, and it's it's really cute. <laughs> I like that. And Should just yeah, I think it's time to move on. <laughs> I just basically just love everything about this movie. Just quote me on that. <laughs> um, so let's move on to the almost oh oh question. What's your favorite song? Of out of all of them, you know my you know mine. So I, I think that's I cheating. do, but. But the, the audience doesn't, so go ahead and say it. 
Uh, not one of us, the oh, yeah. exile song. Oh, yeah, you already said that. Um, okay, Temi, what's your favorite song? You. He lives in you. Erin? Mine as well. He lives in you, I think. Oh, I think for me it's a tie between one of us and We Are One. I think We, we Are, are One. one. Oh, we Are One's really good. We Are One, I think it's a lovely sequence. It's such a lovely sequence and it just really presents you with this conflict that Kiara has that she really wants to be herself. She wants to be who she is, but at the same time, she has the whole weight of the Pride Lands and the kingdom on her shoulders and she's just a child. Mm. And she's kind of just beginning to get a grasp on her responsibilities as a queen. And she's not sure she's up for the task. So she, the, she, does, she just has this like very brief um, bridge on the song of the verse. And, but you can totally understand where she's coming from. Like, can I trust myself to do this right? Can people trust me to do it right? Like, who, who am I even? Like, am I just <coughs> the queen of the Pride Lands? Or, like, who am I, like, deep inside? And I think... That's like an existential crisis, <laughs> and rude. she's like rude five. Rude. <laughs> yeah. But I, I totally like get it, and that's what makes me empathize with her more. And as I was mentioning, there's this beautiful shot of um, Pride Rock, and a little also kind of trivia. You most of the times in this movie, you always see Pride Rock from the other side. Like in The Lion King, you only saw it from one side, and The Lion King 2 tends to just show Pride Rock from the other side. And this is one of those moments where Simba is looking up at the Pride Rock, and he just looks back down at Kiara, and he just sees this terrified look on her face. So he's just like, oh, don't worry, when, once, you, once you get to that moment, we'll be there. And yeah. And I really like that moment. I think it's very sweet. The song is lovable, lovely. Mm-hmm. The tune is very like soothing and I just I, I just want to hear it right now Japan is so fun and yeah sorry I heard it well I read that I, that they have this like the instrumental of the song on Animal Kingdom if, if not on loop I think it's on one of the parades one of the festivals or something what? I've never been to Magic Kingdom so I wouldn't know I have but I've never heard it um, maybe it's just a new edition maybe it's know. just urban legend I don't know <laughs> it was on the internet so yeah, moving on. Moving on. Um, okay, so basically, the segment we just gonna go one by one and give our thoughts on if this movie was an upgrade for the from the original or a downgrade. Not if it was better or worse, just that if it adds anything to the new one or it's just unnecessary or whatever. Just what you guys think, Timmy? Um, I think it it did add to the Lion King lore. Like it really did. It um, added new, it added new and good characters, and I guess with the whole, like what you said, the backstory of between Simba and Zira, like that obviously makes Simba's characterization make a lot more sense. I wish that was more apparent in the film, but you know, you'll take what I'll take what I can get. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I do think it did add. To the film, to the to the to the original film, it did add story elements, and I think for like you know, I don't know if it's for the better. I mean, it's there. <laughs> I mm-hmm. it's just I'm I'm not upset with the film. I just I'm very like I don't know, let down by it. So I guess um, I'm just gonna say I'm neutral on here. <laughs> like I'm not sure if it made it any better, or I don't think it made it any worse. All right, how about you, Erin? What do you think? There. 
I mean, it's so hard to even compare the two. And I think that it is one of the best Disney direct VHS sequels. And um, I don't think it really adds anything to the original story. I don't think it does anything so much for the original characters. But I do think that it is an enjoyable film in itself. And I'm glad it exists. I think that, um, you know, of the continuations of Disney stories, I think it's definitely one of the better ones. And I think the, the new characters are pretty good uh but yeah i wonder if maybe it would have been better off in sort of an anthology form i I realize that Mm -hmm. would like kind of detract from the stakes i think people are interested in seeing you know semba's legacy continued but um Mm -hmm. and and scars legacy resolved but uh and that pain resolved so yeah i guess maybe (coughs) i'm thinking about it and speaking out loud i would say um i think it does i think it does sort of uh I don't know. I'm, I'm actually really torn. You know, I, I I think it's good and I think it's valuable. I think that Lion King is fine and well in itself without this. Um, but but for people who really love the characters and want to see more of them, I think it's it's a good uh, about as good as it gets as far as direct video VHS sequels go. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. And um, how about you, Wendy? I do think it's an upgrade on the overall story on the legacy aspect and yeah like you said before lying the original lion king doesn't need any help it holds perfectly on its own and it's and it's just a classic and iconic but this this is a fine addition and i like that it exists mm. Mm, yeah <laughs> i think it's an upgrade mm-hmm. all right um for me i do think that it is an upgrade in the sense that, as you guys just said, it adds to the story in the sense that you you kind of see the future. Mm-hmm. You can see what happens after after Simba is gone. Well, what happens then? And what happens then is that his daughter will take over, and with at and at her side is this guy that came from a very dark past, but got um, some kind of redemption and found the light again. And you can try, I mean, it's fun for me to kind of try to picture what the future of the Pride Lands can be under Kiara and Kobu and what they can, what they can learn and what they can do for, you know, for the animals. (laughs) And I do think that any movie that can get me to think about that and try to make me imagine the universe being expanded. And I think for me, it's doing something right. And that's what I really like about this movie, that it gives, it continues on, but without taking back from the movie that originated, the, the way that Pocahontas 2 kind of does, mm-hmm. that it does move the story forwards. Like, we know what happens with John Smith and Pocahontas, but the thing is that the thing that happens hurts the original one. Mm-hmm. And that's something that The Lion King 2 doesn't do. It It shows us the future of the first movie, but in a way that, it really, at least for me, makes me kind of want to see more and what comes after that. And yeah, and so in that sense, for me, it's very Star Wars-y and Game of Thrones-y. Like, there's, it exists in this universe that has a past and has a present and has a future and it's a life. And I really feel that. So I really... I felt that. I felt that. <laughs> so I it's, do think... It's nice to see Simba's grief come full circle and for him. Because in the first one, I guess, yeah. you don't get the sense that he forgives Scar or that he got over the death of his father. 
but mm-hmm. you sort of see that maybe he's yeah. finally gotten closure on it in this film and that he's I guess learned from the experience and moved on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because those those things take time and we those, see yeah. the whole circle of <laughs> of like <laughs> like accepting the lionesses, the outside the outsider lionesses, it's really him like accepting the past and letting go of the grudge and the hurt. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't mention this, but I really like that scene after he just accepted oh, Kobu, yeah. and he has this nightmare. Simba has this nightmare where he's trying to hold on to his dad when he's about to die, and uh, but he gets um, caught by Scar, and so Scar doesn't let him get to his dad. His dad falls the way he does in real life, and he dies, and he turns back to see Scar, and he's turning into Kobu, mm-hmm. and like that that right there just shows all of Simba's residual issues with his his father's death and why he's so reluctant to let Kobu in because he's afraid that he's just Scar 2.0 yeah and it, I really like that scene I think it's a very um, clever way of showing that inner conflict within Simba and awesome. yeah so that's it for me. Oh, wait. I have, <laughs> we have this one, one th- thing of trivia. Do you know who wrote My Lullaby? Oh, yeah. That, that is so weird. Oh, do you know who wrote My Lullaby, guys? Who, did, who wrote My Lullaby? You will, you will never guess. <laughs> who? It's Joss Whedon. Really? Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> and the Avengers, Joss, Joss Whedon. He wrote that song, and not only did he ah. write it, he got an any nomination for it. <laughs> <laughs> That is, that is the most random piece of trivia I've ever read in my life. I, I, we, we were watching the movie, we were watching the credits, and then my lullaby, written by Joss Whedon, and I turned to Andy and I was like, Joss Whedon? And we were like, nah, it's not him. It's, it's, not, another, it's, another. it's another Joss Whedon. But we read it on IMDb, it's the same one. He's, <laughs> he's the guy, he's the same guy. Everything That's suddenly funny. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, the gory part, yeah. That's, <laughs> gory. that's Joss Whedon for you. Oh, that's so random. Yeah, so that's the only, that's the last thing I wanted to throw out there before we finish the podcast. <laughs> okay, so final things, uh, ratings. Um, Erin, I don't know if you were prepared for this, but basically we try to come up on the fly with a rating for the movie. Uh, basically, um, it's not a one, two, three, four, five stars rating. It's just like something that will really sum up what we feel about it. So. Andy or Temi, do you any have anything prepared for it? I think Temi can start and me then you and then. <laughs> Wait until we under the bus. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Because Temi ha- Temi always has clever ones. Oh, Bell's magical world was Bell's magical world is not so magical. <laughs> That's my best one. Okay, so my best one was uh, I give this uh, forty thieves out of forty <laughs> for the like for the learning one. Okay, so Temi, do you have a rating? <laughs> <laughs> now I feel pressured. Well, I I did try to come up. With, I feel bad, but like I was like, the Lion King two can be banished to the Outlands. I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. Oh, no, that's not. It's sad. I know, but okay. it was like I, I think it was just a big letdown. You know. That's, okay. Okay, I see it. How about you, Andy? Um. Um, my rating is um, the team behind uh, the Lion King 2 Simba's Pride must be proud of uh, the Lion King 2 Simba's Pride 
Oh, oh my god, that was so yeah, bad. That dog. was horrible. That was a reach. That <laughs> was horrible. horrible. <laughs> okay, mine's cheesy. Okay, but I, I am biased. I this movie just means a lot to me, so I will say that the Lion King two definitely lives in me. Oh, that's sweet. That's adorable. <laughs> okay, you made me feel bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Erin, do you have anything? Um. I think this film is a deception and a disgrace. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Good one. I mean, maybe it would I be better after it. some passion fruit. I don't know. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. Some Afro- aphrodisiac, some nice dinner. Oh my god. Yeah, <coughs> I can see it. That was really well done. If they had explored it, Kobus that is kink. Maybe Erin would have been <laughs> on board with it. <laughs> oh <my God>. Okay, <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. So that was The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. Um, thank you so much for listening. This was so much fun. Thank you, guys. And once again, this was a long one. So once again, thank you, Erin, for joining us. Uh, I, we loved having you here. And whenever you or Nat or Shai want to come in, you're always welcome. Of course. Um, um, Lynn, once again, I'm so happy that you guys invited me and uh, we're kind of booked up with guests and stuff for the next couple months but i will definitely see if we could get you guys on something sometime oh, that would be the best that would be the best yeah I, I was i would probably die <laughs> okay i'm sure we'll collaborate again in the future oh, oh thank good. you i look forward to that um so um erin do you want to tell people where they can find you if they want to look for you on social media Sure, you can find me at Holocroning on Tumblr and Twitter. I'm not too active on either, but it's <coughs> at H-O-L-O-C-R-O-N-I-N-G. And you can also find me podcasting at Meta Machina with my two lovely co-hosts, Natasha and Cheyenne. Awesome. You go listen to Meta Machina. It's really, really good. Um, so, um, oh, for 2Division, uh, you can find us on Twitter as 2DivisionPod. And you can send us an email also to TwoDivisionPodcast at gmail.com with any questions, any suggestions, any reviews, or anything you want to say to us. Um, as always, remember to leave an iTunes, an iTunes review and a rating because it really helps us a lot. And so I think that's it. You can find us on Spotify and everywhere else you get your podcast. So just look for us whenever you, you do. And once again, thank you, Erin. We were so honored to have you. And you guys want to say goodbye, Andy and Timmy? Goodbye, guys. Thank you for joining us on this very special episode. And see you on the next one. On the next one. The next one. <laughs> yeah, bye, guys. Bye, guys. This is super fun. And I'm having just a great time with my with my girls. And I can't wait to explore more Disney sequels. All right. Uh, you want to say goodbye, Erin? I'll just say bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for me, that's it. Thank you guys so much and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.